0: Welcome to The Metalist, where we discuss our top five personal favorites. Yeah. Is that what you want to call it? All things metal, all things distorted guitars. If you dig it, you can find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud. Don't forget, rate and review, like and subscribe, give us a follow, maybe give us a share. Now, you know what time it is? What time is it? I'm ready for some fucking God Hammered.
1: The metal The of metal.
0: The metal-less.
2: Sometimes they talk about stuff. The metal-less. The to The The metal-less. The, metal-less. the, metal-less. the
1: metal-less. And now, your hosts, David Dilo Lopez and Jason Smith. This is The Metalist. Hi, and thanks again for joining us. Whenever you're listening to this, wherever you're listening to this, it's The Metalist Podcast. I'm still David. I'm Jason. Today with us, very special guest, San Diego scene family from... <laughs> is Perdition. Uh Is it Catination?
3: Catination,
1: yep. Okay, because I've never heard it said out loud, so I was like, oh, wait. Um, <laughs> you just recently today announced something called Natalia.
3: Yeah, that's a solo electronica project that I am releasing soon.
1: Yes, of yeah. course. Coma Cluster Void. And I guarantee I'm forgetting something else. So
3: <laughs> I have a lot of projects.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, God, Those are the God, main God, ones. Spray Magazine! <laughs> yeah, yep. I, I tried finding my copy of that. Apparently it's in a box somewhere, so <laughs> I'll find that later. Oh my gosh. It's old school, man. Yep. Yeah. So today joining us, Lindsay O'Connor. Thanks for joining us.
3: Thanks for having me. It's good to finally talk to you guys. I know we were planning on doing this some months ago, so... Yeah,
1: the, the technological gods finally favored us for once. So knocking <laughs> right. on wood the entire time. If that's Scheduling what gods. In the background. I, it, a multitude of gods. We appe- <laughs> all the gods are in a row, which sounds like some weird death metal band in itself. Anyways, today we're going to talk all about... fucking fake. Yeah. Well, that's the bottom line. Today we're talking about a very near and dear band to Quebec and Canada, I guess, to that extent's hearts. We're talking about Cryptopsy.
3: Cryptopsy.
1: So we start this as we always do. Lindsay, what was mm-hmm. your first introduction to Cryptopsy?
3: My first introduction to Cryptopsy was probably around 1998. I am absolutely dating myself, but awesome. I got I got a Century Media sampler. Um, I don't remember where, like some record store or something. Um, and on it was like a bunch of Century Media bands that had come out with releases around that time, Iced Earth um and a bunch of other bands on there and i think it was like track five on the century media sampler was cryptopsy and i was listening to it and on a cd player remember those things Uh, Um, (laughs) a little a little portable cd player um and got to um track five on that sampler and i was like what the fuck is this it was so unhinged and like un- unlike anything I'd ever heard before obviously I was pretty young at the time so I was my exposure to metal was still kind of in the whole new metal realm which to be honest as you know I love new metal so I'm not even going to talk shit on it but
1: oh same 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 she you know
3: at the, at the time you know I was you know I was, I was a corn kid you know I was listening to stuff like Slipknot but I was also listening to like Slayer and just kind of get really- off
0: the show you <laughs> just kidding I liked it too
3: I was listening to a lot of that stuff at that time and, you know, just exploring, but I actually, I grew up on hardcore, I grew up on punk rock, so I was listening to a lot of Black Flag, Minor Threat, TSOL, stuff like that. So I was diving, you know, dabbling in the metal realm, but I was still very much in the metal, or punk, but when I got the sampler and it got to Cryptopsy, it was White Worms, the song from Whisper Supremacy, um, and I was like, this is it. This is what I've been looking for my whole young life, <laughs> you know?
2: Awesome. Um,
3: And uh, I think it was like 14 or something. And uh, I was like, this is what I've been looking for my whole life. Um, and it was just, it was Mike DeSalvo. Obviously, that was the era of Mike DeSalvo there. And it was um, brutal. It was unhinged. There were so, it was so, you know, polyrhythmic at, at the time, of course, being so young, I didn't really have a lot of exposure to a lot of polyrhythmic kind of avant-garde kind of metal, but um, that opened the floodgates for me. It like, you know, after being introduced to that, I just dove headfirst into their catalog. I found a bunch of bands that were just like them or, you know, kind of in the brutal technical realm. And that's what really got me started off and loving brutal music is this is, it was White Worms by Cryptopsy. That's what really set me off on my journey. And you know um to this day they
1: remain one of my favorite bands outstanding nice yeah uh you want to take it from here jason if not i kind of have a little parlance into some things she said okay you go okay so i was certain that my first exposure was one of those century media sampler discs and i was trying to look everywhere for it and i couldn't do that so i go okay well at least i can try to google it and like get the track listing and all that not what I thought, so now I'm questioning my memory, uh, and I would have to suspect that the other way thing that it could have been, and it probably was, was good old mp3.com. Big rest in peace. Oh there. my god! Yeah, I'm <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what it was, because I, I I thought it was one of those discs too. But I, so you can remember just go on the genre list or whatever. Mp3.com metal. Okay, what subgenres? Death metal. And, uh, and I was just trying to soak everything up. I was a young sponge around six or 16, 17, 2001 or t- 2002 and just seeing, okay. Cryptopsy. Cool enough name. And then the song was voice of unreason off and then you'll beg. So I I came nice. in Mike DeSalvo as well. And so that's always been my guy. And that I was just like, Whoa, that's, that's some fast blast beats right there amongst many other things. Um, and then I don't even hear about Lord Worm till he's back in the band, X number of years later. Oh, so blasphemy! Was, yeah, <laughs> I, uh, I mean you got to find out somehow. Yeah, and uh, so we'll get to that later. But yeah, so I always came in at Mike Desalvo, so he's always been my guy, and we'll we'll get to that a little later too. Jason, how about yourself?
0: Uh, mine was None So Vile. I don't know the year. Is right around the time it came out, though. A friend of mine played "Slit Your Guts," and I was like, "Holy fuck!" I'd heard death metal before i'd heard some I don't you know yeah pretty brutal stuff i mean i was into like suffocation and whatnot like super into it but i was into it um, it was just like another thing that i liked uh but i didn't know a lot of people that really liked death metal at the time so it was it was definitely stuff i listened to when i was just kind of like by myself or whatever or like in my car with with no one in the car with me so I don't even remember who the dude was. It it might have been, because like I mean, it would be like you would go to Idaho Falls, Idaho, from where the little town where I lived, and you know, you'd hit a party or whatever, and there'd always be some there'd always be someone there that like listened to some band that you didn't listen to, and it was always pretty cool. But I mean, it still was hard at even at that time. It was still hard to kind of just come across shit like there was no file sharing at the time so it was like you really had to find someone with physical fucking copies of it but I mean I didn't like it the first time I heard it I didn't like it I honestly didn't like it till like last year I was so soured on Lord Worm I just I didn't for a long time like after None So Vile and I mean I thought the album was fine I heard Whisper Supremacy and I de- just definitely didn't like that at the time. I don't know what I was into, but I, w- I wasn't into that sound or whatever. And then I don't think I fucking heard him again. Jeez, man. I mean, probably till, I bet I hadn't even listened to fucking Cryptopsy until I fucking saw him live. I've seen him live two times and I saw them 2006, 2005, somewhere. on the Lord Worm had just come back. When did he come back?
1: It was about that.
3: If it wasn't, what album was it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Once was not. Was it Once
0: was not. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So that was the album that was out. And I mean, I fucking hate, like, so I'll just tell the story. I fucking went to the Jumping Turtle in San Marcos to go see, I, I wanted to go see Disgorge. And I believe Condemned also played, but it was Disgorge and fucking Cryptopsy. And I was like, okay, I mean, you know who Cryptopsy is. Maybe, you know, they'll be cool, whatever. And Disgorge just like, fuck wrecked the place as they always did like and it was uh with um Levi on vocals and I mean I'm, I'm not even kidding you they just fucking destroyed the place and it was like probably almost anybody could have gone on after that and I would have been like fuck this I'm out but Cryptopsy went to go get on and fucking flow was taking so long to get his shit set up the triggers it was taking him forever and then and I'm you know, not, not saying it was all him I mean v- RIPD like he was having a hard time as well but then the big issue was his fucking headset and I'm just the whole time I'm sitting in the crowd just like who gives a fuck just <laughs> just play without the backups right you're not the lead singer figured out I mean they took so fucking long that by the time they started playing and I mean the first belt of anything out of Lord Worm I was like ah fuck this and I left and I didn't listen to him ever fucking since like nothing like I wouldn't even listen to old shit that I used to like like because I just didn't like him that much and then fucking I saw them with fucking what show was that? Was, it, was that Aborted? the Aborted show? Yeah. Yeah, dude. I saw them with the boarded, and I like with, so it's Matt singing and like I just about fucking shit myself. It was Matt and fucking Olivier on fucking bass, dude. Like mm-hmm. I just, I couldn't believe how fucking awesome they were. Like I was just so just like, yes, like this is fucking great. So I went back and started listening to a lot of the i didn't listen to it. and i mean honestly like pretty fucking impressed with like the fucking self-titled album the unspoken king's kind of weird um but yeah i mean even once was not and like you know and then you'll beg all of them like i even you know and like one of the ones i really liked before was i really loved blasphemy blasphemy made flesh and going back and listening to that after so long and not listening to it man it's like fucking a, like it's a great album dude like i know none so vile is like the big one but yeah but, um so people that are listening if they've if they've heard other episodes i don't sure i'm not sure which ones but i have been on this show saying that i don't like cryptopsy and like that all fucking changed man like it was just it's one of those things like sometimes some of my favorite shit is stuff that i didn't like right off the bat i wouldn't say they're some of my favorite but i love this fucking band now you know and they are hard to get they're hard to get they're they're crazy yeah
3: yeah i mean they're not a band that you can like listen to at first value and just say at face value and say okay well this is objectively good it's like you really have to dive in and like compartmentalize everything that they're doing you know i think that's one of the things you know i think you we talked a little bit about like lord worm and and his vocals and stuff like that I, i've talked to people in the past who have kind of been like yeah you know i'm not sure so sure on lord worm's vocals and everything it's like but if you actually just compartmentalize and listen to like how dramatic he is for example or you know how like absolutely unhinged he is as a vocalist you begin to appreciate what makes Cryptopsy unique and I don't think they're a band that people who want to listen to metal at face value and just so oh this is objectively brutal you know they're not a band for people who don't want to sit with music for a little bit and let it sink in and like you know they're very very complex in that way I mean obviously as musicians they're incredibly talented you know you can hear the evolution of their sound throughout the decades um but they're they're so complex in that you have to really sit with it for a while like you have to really let it sink in and listen to to me like how i i love listening to like each individual you know like sometimes i'll listen to none so and i'll just listen to flow or like i'll just listen to Lord Worm, or i'll just you know listen to john and I just hear all the different things that are going on and that's what makes it so crazy is that they're all like, technically their prowess is so high, but it's so, there's so much going on, you know? And I think a lot of people, if, you know, at first they <laughs> listen to them and they're like, what the fuck is this? But, um, you know, that's why Cryptopsy is Cryptopsy. They're insane. And that's why I love them.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. It's, it's really is a tour de force with all those guys. Everybody's, you know, playing at 11 the entire time. Yeah. It is just kind of funny, and I would have to assume this is the same with Jason. I don't know the exact date of when that um, that show at the Jumping Turtle you're talking about is, but the first time I saw them was at Soma Side Stage, their first time in San Diego ever, apparently, and it was I think just before Once Was Not came out, and then Cattle was on right before them, and Human Error just came out, so it was you know fever pitch for for Cattle and Cryptopsy because it was their first time, and I mean cattle's cattle man they they set that bar pretty damn high you know especially around that time um and then yeah when when flow came out he had the you know three layers of symbols thing going on they had the the backdrop yeah. they had all, all that going on and and i was a little taken aback because that was the first time i experienced lord worm because i was so used to the mic records only and then um yeah, I walked away going, "Huh, that was, that was different. So, so, you know, just understanding that that it's a completely different thing almost, you know, sort of thing. Well, oh, go go ahead. ahead. I was going to say to think it's funny that literally, you know, what was it, like 10 years later? They're touring with uh, Obituary, Cannibal Corpse, and I can never remember the fourth band, and I feel awful about that. But seeing them with Matt, with Ollie on bass, and with Christian on guitar, literally the only person... From that previous lineup that I had seen was flow, mm-hmm. and he cut off all his hair and he got rid of mm-hmm. all the symbols he's and super
3: g q and yeah,
1: <laughs> it's it's a completely different beast almost, and he's I thought, a
3: looking dude man. yeah, yeah,
1: I thought it was just miles ahead of the previous incarnation I had seen before, and everything was stripped down, super focused Matt's an night. awesome, awesome front man
3: yeah, I definitely think that the later incarnation of the band um you know. I think prior to to um, Matt and, and the, the current incarnation, it was very feral and now it's very, it's um, super polished. It's very tight. It's very like, it's less um, kind of like unhinged and it's definitely like really well tight packaged sound now. So it's like, it's a completely different era. I know like, you know, some people like, especially if you go through that kind of a dramatic lineup change throughout the years, um, you know, sometimes I think people pick a particular epoch in a band's career and they stick with it. They're like, okay, I only like early Cryptopsy or I only like Mike DeSalvo era, but you can't really, I don't think you can really compare where they were on None So Vile, for example, versus where they are on the later albums, because it's a completely different lineup. They have different ideas, different vision for the band Um, so I think it's, you know, I I love what they're doing now and I love what they did then. And I don't really compare the two, you know, like it's not for me, it's almost like a completely different band now than it was prior. And I think it's because of the different lineup, but I still love them. You know, I still love where they have gone, but, um, it's just, you know, it's a different animal now. It's a a completely different animal.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely.
0: Uh, Unhinged is a good way to put it. So one of the reasons why I've always said like cannibal corpse is death metal for people that don't like death metal is because (laughs) they have lots of groovy parts they have lots of catchy shit in their songs like a lot I mean when you listen to a number of other death metal bands I mean they have a lot they're actually really fucking a more simplistic band for a death metal band when you take a band like and this is so we'll get into this later but this is like probably the most brutal band we've done on the fucking show and they are brutal and they are fucking massively technical but one other thing especially the earlier stuff man they're fucking super spastic yeah and it's like that's kind of a a thing that i've always had a hard time with is the spazzy shit from you know fucking dillinger to fucking (laughs) krypton um and so Yes, there's one, there's a lot going on. They're very, very busy. Two, they're hyper complex. Like, yeah, you can just sit and listen. You know what? I'm going to listen to the fucking bass player right now. One cool thing, their fucking production, even from the shittier production to the fucking new polished sound, they've always allowed room for the fucking, for everybody. The bass, the guitar, you know, flow mm-hmm. on the drums. They've always allowed this space and it's like now all of a sudden i understand where some of these other bands that are like this really fucking got some of their sound from cryptopsy yeah. one notable one i was going to say because they're canadian too is fucking despise icon oh yeah you know they're like a deathcore version of cryptopsy like and it works really well and and it's really fucking cool because they have a lot of shit going on for a death metal, uh, for a deathcore band. Cryptopsy is like, it's hard music to get. It's hard to get it right off the bat. It's not fucking Louie Louie or, you know, yeah. fucking wild thing, you know, it's three notes and and whatever. It's it's not something like that. And it, it does take multiple listens, which is why I love so much death metal so much in general, is because it is music like that, which actually brings me to the question i wanted to ask i thought we should get into because it is the most brutal band we've had on the show what is it about brutal music that you love like can you articulate why you love brutal fucking music
3: hmm. you know i think for me it's it's a combination of things i think for one it's because there's it's untidy like I feel like a lot of different genres of music, you have an expectation of what it should sound like, like pop music or rock, they follow traditional song structures. You have an expectation of what you're getting into and they deliver. Whereas with brutal music, I feel, or brutal metal, I feel like I'm, it's like entering into like a dark room and I don't know what the fuck's gonna happen, but I'm just up for it, you know? Like, it's so, it's really raw. It's obviously, you know, aggressive. Um, you can be as aggressive or as dark as you want, you know, there's no rules in, in brutal metal. And that's what I really love about it. There's no rules. I mean, you can just go to the edge and, and cross the line and no, you know, that's, that's the whole part that to me, that's the whole point of it is to, to keep pushing further and further. Whereas I feel like other genres or even other sub, sub genres of metal or rock really, um, sometimes pride themselves on staying in the pocket or staying as tight and technical and clean as possible. Whereas, you know, like, for example, a band like Cryptopsy, they are so spastic and, you know, uh, spitty and just like, you know, things are very, um, it's untidy and I love it. And, you know, you know, to be fair, there are a lot of bands in the brutal realm that are very tight, that are very clean and, and push it to the extreme all the time. But, you know, I think that, you just don't know what you're going to get and they, there's no expectation for how a song is supposed to be structured or sound or performed. And that's what I really love about it.
1: Yeah. I think there's no box to put in, you know, like you could, you know, you could have your cake and eat it too. As far as having like a well-crafted memorable song, other bands are just like, what's that? Just keep pounding until it makes the crunchy noise. You know what I mean? There's there's so (laughs) many different, give
0: me the crunch.
1: Yeah, you can have. You-, you can make that one of the hashtags if you want. <laughs> but like you know, that's just as long as it has that extra element of just you know pulverizing nature. You could do you know the sky's the limit, and I mean you know what what, what do I always go back to as far as like the the benchmark, you know on this is is effigia they're forgotten suffocation right right which no doubt had some sort of influence on cryptopsy at some point. And then from there, it's like, okay, how much further can we push it? You know, Mm -hmm. there was a lot more room in the late eighties, you know, think about like when Sabbath was the heaviest thing in the world and then motorhead and blah, blah, blah. And it's a game of escalation. And then once that comes around, it's like, okay, how do we push it further? Right. And it, it becomes that much more interesting to see what you do with it as opposed to how you do it maybe. Um, yeah and there's something to be said about you can be extreme but like that doesn't necessarily include brutal in the package you know there's tons of black metal bands that are extreme but they don't have that extra kind of punch you in the face feeling in fact a lot of them are very kind of like thin and you know
2: yeah
1: high tone kind yeah of they're
0: thing. extreme in a different way I yeah. mean it, it, when it comes to brutal like that's the thing like no one's gonna say like hey dude Hey, you need, like, that's too heavy. Right. <laughs> yeah. You no, know, like, no one's going to say, hey, man, that's a little too fast. Or, hey, dude, like, maybe we should, like, break that part down because, you know, not everybody's going to get it. None of that ever gets said. Like, and if it is, if it is, it's, it's getting, like, that person's getting, you know, they're, they're, they're going to get over the overrides coming out. Like,
1: yeah. Lower them in the mix. Bad.
0: You know, like, when you can listen to something like, you know, like shit like fucking Disgorge or like even something I like, do, like New Raxxas and stuff where it's just like straight yeah. fucking Blast City through mm-hmm. the entire song. Like they don't, there isn't slams in it. There's barely fucking, so, like sometimes there's solos. There's, there's no breakdowns. There's no, like it's just fucking like Mach 3 the whole fucking time. When you can listen to something like that, And there's like, there's some of this stuff, like there's no fucking catchy shit at all. Like it's, people ask me, how do you listen to that? I'm like, okay, well, let me tell you something, dude. Like I see brutal music as a fucking score to my life. And it's like, I don't, it's not songs to me. It's not necessarily instrumentals because instrumentals are songs. Like it's just the instruments are singing to you. This shit is more more like a fucking score to me where Mm -hmm. it's like, it doesn't matter what they're saying. It doesn't matter if they're fucking screaming at all.
2: Right. Like,
0: it's just this, it's almost like this ambient fucking thing. It just yeah. happens to be heavier than literally anything else. Right. Yeah. You know, and we got into like what is heavy, like on the OPEF episode, and we were having a really hard time trying to figure out how to articulate what the fuck heavy is. So obviously, it's like, well, yeah, I, I definitely, from day one, I've always been trying to gravitate towards heavier. What is heavier? What is heavier? Sometimes that's slow. Sometimes that's fast. But like, basically, it's like it could be heavy, but it might not be brutal. If it's brutal, it's fucking heavy. Like, yeah. So to me, it's like he- like brutal is like the ceiling. You know, it's it's like okay, well, there's the fucking ceiling. Now, like he, like Dilo saying, like, how can we push the fucking? How can we make the ceiling higher? You know, can we make the ceiling higher? You're like you never know, maybe we just make the ceiling more ornate. Like, yeah, it's, there's, and yes, I like the unpredictability as well. You, like you were saying, like, you don't know what it's gonna be. You, um, you listen to, I mean, I love Foo Fighters, but I'll be listening to Foo Fighters. You, you, like, even a song you don't know, you, I can fucking count you down the fucking, where it's gonna fucking break into the bridge and where it's gonna break into the chorus. Mm -hmm. it's just that kind of music. Like, that's just how the style is where it's like this stuff, you might be fucking counting in fours. And all of a sudden that shit just goes on seven for fucking no reason. So it does have like this unpredictable factor. There's definitely a complexity. I do as much as I love fucking like rap and stuff like that, where it's like super fucking simple musically. And that's fucking great. I also really love like just crazy complex music. Like, It's like, I don't know. It's like reading, it's like reading something and and you're just so sucked in that you can't put the book down. That's how I get with some of this stuff. And so a lot of times that's why I prefer to listen to it by myself. You know, um, I don't want to watch the movie in a fucking theater with 50 other people fucking yelling at the screen, trying to talk to each other, trying to talk to me. Like, you know, fuck that. I can't concentrate. It's the same with this. Like if I'm at a party and, fucking cryptopsies on i mean first that'd be a miracle but second (laughs) i mean yeah yeah, don't no don't try. i mean if i'm trying to listen to don't fucking talk to me you know like i i can't it it has all of my attention
3: yeah i think that like there's uh, also there's also like the listening experience where you either feel something or you're mentating it you know what i mean like there are bands that i feel that are brutal they're, they're intense and they make me feel intense things whether it's intense anger intense you know frustration intense um motivation like you know like it is like you said it's like a soundtrack to my life like there are bands that i listen to on particular days where you know, they're heavy, but they may not be brutal, but there's a certain feeling that I I, am carrying or a feeling that I want to get from the music that I'm listening to. And then there's bands that I'm listening to because it's like a brain workout, you know, they could be also be intense. And, you know, there's a lot of um, really highly technical bands that are brain workouts for me. Like there's a band called Bearing Teeth that I really love. Um, And to me, they're extremely technical, but it's like a brain workout. I'm listening to everything that they're doing, trying to understand it, getting completely lost, but loving every second of it. Um, And, you know, I think that within the brutal realm, there are those bands that just make me feel something like Defeated Sanity. They're super technical, but they make me feel really intense things. Like just, you know, it's, um, it gets my blood boiling. It gets me sweating. I just, you know, they're super brutal to me, but they're very technical. And then there's, you know, just some slam bands, for example, that I would consider to be really brutal that may not be super, you know, technical, that just Mm -hmm. are super intense. And then there's the brain workout bands, you know, caveman slam, slam. slam, you know, I love that shit. But then there's the brain workout stuff, you know, and um, I think you can look at the brutal metal realm and those those different areas, too. You know, it's like you can push the envelope in technicality or you can push the envelope in intensity and they're, you know, how low can you go? How fast can you play? How low can the vocals go? How, how fast can you blast? But those may not always be super technical aspects of the music, they just are, um, you know, they're, they're pushing the envelope in that way. And then you have these like highly proficient musicians who are just shredding all over the place, you know, incorporating all kinds of different arpeggios and just like rewriting, you know, what's possible in music. And to me, that's also intense. Now, that's also brutal. So, and that's also heavy. Like, you know, I know it's hard to define what heaviness, quote unquote, is. To me, heaviness is just like the level of intensity that somebody is, is performing. And you could say anything is really heavy. Like you can say there's like a heavy um, Baroque orchestral piece that's fucking heavy, you know, or like heavy trip hop music. It's like, to me, heaviness is intensity. And then brutal is like, you know how far are we pushing it in various in various ways.
1: I'm for that.
0: <laughs> oh yeah fucking I'll give a quick shout out to some fucking heavy non-guitar stuff. Probably the heaviest non-guitar thing I've ever heard. Luke Griffin from Ucrania is doing uh, shush music. Hmm.
2: Uh,
0: S-H-U-S-H. I think most shush. of his stuff is on his YouTube channel for Luke Griffin. Dude, he just released a fucking like a heavy trap song with fucking Jason Evans from Ingested on vocals and it's wow. fucking amazing, dude. Like it's so fucking sick. Um yeah, I think like you were saying the the brain music is like it's almost like you're studying it.
2: Yeah.
0: Or you know you're trying to actually more like you're trying to decipher it or decipher yourself while listening to it. There's there's things going on in your head that's not necessarily like you know, uh, 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 i got uh, kill kill eat kill kill like it's not really that i think another thing too that i i love about brutal music is i'm like a i'm like a pretty fucking relaxed chill dude and it's like i'm not really super aggressive in just life and so i get that from this type of music you know like uh Like, I mean, we've all seen the gangster flicks or maybe we know people. Like, I know a couple guys that are just, like, fucking... Well, I don't know what they are now because they're all older, but, like, just these fucking, like, hardcore fucking gangster dudes that listen to fucking, like, Marvin Gaye all day. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, like, Teddy Pendergrass and shit like that. And it's, like, their life is so intense that they actually listen to the music to fucking chill them out. Where I'm, like, the opposite. My life's pretty fucking chill. I'm a chill person. And so it's, like, I listen to this to not just feel like the aggression from it but also get the aggression out and it's not i don't mean like i fucking hit the heavy bag or i fucking you know just mosh you know single person mosh in my bedroom or anything like that while i'm listening to it it's just like you were saying like those feelings like you there's some of it too for me spectacle you know you listen to something you're just like jesus christ like what what is like how is this being played right now
1: yeah exactly
0: how, how do all the, okay, so that was one thing I, we used to fuck around and be like, you know, like, oh, yeah, dude, they could be just playing a fucking guitar solo, like, as a fucking riff, and I wouldn't even know, right, as long as the drums are in it. But, like, then you watch a band like Discord you watch a band like Cryptops, you watch a band, you know, like fucking, you know, whatever, like, Defeated Sanity is another one. Like, you watch these bands, and you're like, well, wait a minute. They're all playing the same thing at the same time yeah I don't yeah, know what the yeah. fuck it is but that doesn't matter they all know what it is yeah they all change at the same time they all play it the same amount of times and there's times where I've been watching like I've seen discords like several times there's been times where I'm watching I'm like how do they know what part <laughs> yeah yeah exactly it's a whole different level of like not just songwriting but song comprehension yeah yeah
1: It's how did you come up with this and how are you doing this period? Yeah, dude.
3: And how does it all fit together? That's the other thing. It's like you can, you know, get the noodliest players from any instrument, any discipline and put them together. But how does this all fit together to make something sound like music? That's the other part of it. (laughs)
0: Cohesive.
3: Cohesive, you know, like, (laughs) I mean... Like, you know, back to the Cryptopsy thing, that's why I really love them is that somehow it all fucking works. There's so much happening, but it all works. I mean, you could say the same thing about any of these bands, obviously, like Discord or, um, you know, even like like Wormed or Benighted or like any of these like bands that have a lot going on. It's like, how does this all fit together? I think that's like kind of the level of genius that, you know, is underappreciated sometimes in heavy music by, you know, Um, you know, learned people in the music world, you know, they're, you know, they kind of frown upon like metal. But I mean, this is really high complex, high level shit. And you have to have a deeper understanding of musicality to be able to play these different things and, you know, blend them together in such a way that it's interesting. And it's like, listenable maybe not always be decipherable, you know, at first listen, but listenable that it's a song and you can follow it or you can feel something or you can pick something out. That's interesting. And it's not just like cacophony. Um, And, you know, that's why I said like earlier, you have to really, you know, it's brain, it's a brain workout. You have to sit and listen and feel it and and feel it out. Um, And there's, there's, not a lot of bands out there that can pull this kind of stuff off. Well, many have tried, but many have failed. You know. Um, oh
1: yeah. yeah. <laughs> so on that note, just a couple quick little peers and theirs. Anybody have a particular favorite vocalist? I've, I've said my piece already. I'm a Mike disciple, the solo guy still.
0: Is Lindsay gonna get in trouble? If she doesn't say Mike. <laughs>
3: well I mean listen full disclosure Mike and I are in a band together so no I mean um no I mean I it's like I said earlier you know you can't really compare I think that I you know Lord Worm is one of my favorite metal vocalists for various reasons I think he's completely unpredictable unhinged, like a rabid dog you know I like um I like that in a vocalist. I like something that's unpredictable, but I love Mike's vocals, the Mike DeSauvel era, because I love how tough he sounded. I mean, it was, mm-hmm. you went from like an insane asylum, kind of a, a delivery to someone who's just tough, you know, brutal. So it was a completely different experience, listening experience for me. And again, it's not like, I don't compare the two uh, vocalists or even the three, you know, the different vocal eras. Um I don't compare them. They're just different listening experiences. So, um, you know, I hate it when, when, you know, when people, you know, when bands change lineups and then people go, Oh, it was better back then, or it's better, you know, it's, it's just different. It's just different. So you may have a preference, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's better. Right. So, you know, I think, uh, I, I like them both for different reasons. Um, and of course my first introduction to Cryptopsy was during the dissolvable era, but you know, I, i love them both for for different reasons
1: no that's more than fair and and shout out to matt too he's awesome Um, yeah oh yeah you know what
0: else matt's my favorite and i mean on that note like shout out vox and hops dude like yes
1: absolutely
2: yeah
0: dude has a great fucking show i I love listening to it man like yeah it's, it's just really fucking cool
3: the whole premise is awesome. Like he's had some really awesome guests and the conversations are interesting. I love listening to it. And um, you know, it's funny because although I kind of grew up listening to Cryptopsy, I didn't see them live until what, like maybe two, three years ago. Um, that was the first time I ever saw them was, was when Matt was on vocals and Ollie was on bass and Christian. Um, and that was my, actually the first time I ever got to physically see them live and they're just as impressive as I imagine they would have been back in the day. But having that live experience completely solidified my love of the band and all their different eras. And of course, Ali's awesome. I've met him and, you know, he's a really just kind person, but he is a fucking brutal bass player. He is so fucking talented. It's, it's um, you know, he's one of my favorite bass players of all time. I love watching him play. Of course he does an excellent job in cattle too. Um, And uh, his
0: moves, his stage moves are like, for playing this kind of music it's crazy yeah
1: <laughs> yeah for real right <laughs> i still have to see him with cattle i just realized i feel bummed that Same. i missed him last time around how about that you know mentality of oh i'll see him next time they come and then,
3: right. oh, yeah. <laughs> and, then and now yeah. you're kicking yourself because <laughs> yeah. we have entered into a lockdown with <laughs> yeah. no it's end like, in fuck. sight
1: yeah. <laughs> we've turned we, we're we've entered an actual cattle decapitation song ironically I, yeah, yeah.
3: yeah. It's fucked up. <laughs> what was that one band that that released um, an album called Virus? Was it Haken? 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 That, that
1: sounds right. Yeah. The, yeah. They were, yeah. They
3: were, <laughs> it came out this year, I think. Like, was it this year that it came out? I, like, yeah, jan- January or something. I'm like, what the fuck? There were all these bands that released albums or songs or singles that had some kind of allusion to a pandemic or a virus mm-hmm. around January of this year, or February. Yeah. And I'm Look like, what no. you did. <laughs> You know, butterfly effects. Might as uh, well just change
0: your fucking name to Jinx.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I, <laughs> wasn't there assholes. some sort of musical group called Jinx, and they were probably like like a Euro pop group probably, or something like that? I'm sure. We'll save that episode for another day.
3: Oh man, <laughs>
1: <laughs> Jinx the band. Jinx now, um, the band. So we were talking about favorite eras too. Anybody have a particular one? I again just my you know those two mic records. I I, I thought. And then You'll Beg was my favorite. And then I paid a little more attention to Whisper Supremacy than usual. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, there's some consistency to be spoken about on Whisper Supremacy. And, uh, and, and then You'll Beg is still awesome too. But like something about that way that Whisper Supremacy flows for me. And then, yeah, all the do in the world too, none so vile. But I actually think of all the Lord Worm stuff, I actually prefer Blasphemy out of both of those. I don't know. They, they, so it's a discography that goes all over the place in a really good way
2: yeah Favorite
0: era. I, I think my favorite era is probably the new stuff it's it's the sound that i like that really fucking tight really excellent sound like a crystal clear production it's i'm like that with most stuff I, I mean it's because it's the sound that i wanted back in the day when i was first getting into all this stuff and it didn't sound that great like
1: true yeah. it's
0: it's what I always wanted it to sound like and it's like finally here and I'm like fuck yeah dude and I just love the fucking sound of it and then you know yeah Matt's highly versatile versatile kind of dude and I really like that aspect of his vocals as well
2: yeah mm-hmm.
3: I think it depends on what mood I'm in honestly like this is a band that like I said I have to compartmentalize I can't really look at it as this is one band I really think about it it's it's different eras but it's just it's they're so different I mean you know I think Lord Worm had a really big influence on me because his his style was so different than anything I'd heard before prior in terms of a front person Um, so I really kind of have a feather in my cap for him in terms of just um, he like helped me as a vocalist to feel Like I didn't have to ascribe to any particular way of being a metal vocalist, if that makes sense.
2: No, absolutely.
3: It's the same reason why I really love kind of those outliers in metal or in music. The reason why I love Karen Crisis, the reason why I love Mike Patton is because they just do whatever they want and they don't give a shit and they're so different, you know? Um, And so Lord Worm is one of those vocalists for me who's just so fucking different. And I know, you know, a lot of people have, you know, different opinions on, on his delivery. But to me, it was just a matter of breaking through every barrier and just doing what the fuck he wanted. And then again, you know, Mike DiSalvo is a fucking, he's brutal. He's a tough vocalist. I love everything that he did with Cryptopsy. I love everything that he's done with Coma Cluster Void. And, and, um, you know, uh, so it depends on what, what mood I'm in. And Matt is just, like you said, so versatile. So um, I really think it's almost like I think about it as, you know, different bands. I know it's one band, but I think about it as, as being completely different bands and then I have one album within those different eras that really stand out to me um, as being the most, like, you know, pronounced or important to me as a person.
1: Right. I uh, I also guess I gotta give a special shout out to Martin LaCroix who was only on the, um, the live album None So Live, I think it's called. Yeah. Because he never really got a chance to really showcase what he could do studio wise but that you know what he does on that live album is pretty cool and they called him the bridge between the styles of mike DeSalvo and lord worm and i guess that's fair but like it's hard to really tell when it's not in a studio setting i think but like shout out to him he also made that big ass banner they they had for years that i think they just say is like hanging out in storage for a minute because talking about all this i'm bummed i got i i missed mike's live years i've seen you know those few youtube clips that are out there but I'm also definitely, and I think this, based on what we've said, goes for all of us. We never got to see the Lord Worm feeding worms to people in the crowd and himself thing. So I've seen the pictures, but that's, that's about as far as I've gotten.
0: Fine uh, with me. Well, you he don't also, like the taste of worms? No. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know.
1: I, I, might, I, see? I might love it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Don, um, What were you going to say, Lindsay?
3: Oh, I was gonna say he also did it in the um uh, the uh, pestilence that walketh in darkness video. Yes, they, he did it in that video too, which was just so poetic. I think that was like the only video they did from that album, and of course that was the last one they did that he did with the band. But
1: yeah, that was like their first video too, right? I
3: I feel maybe it was their first official video. I feel like they may have had may have had one or two prior. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, do a quick YouTube dive to look that up. I usually, when I like watch stuff, like from this band, it's usually their live stuff because I feel so like I missed so much. Yeah. You know, when, when you're, when you're young in the heydays of a band, like if a band's like kicking it in the nineties and you're just too young to be going to brutal shows at 13 and 14. <laughs> just yeah, like, for sure. You know, I have a lust for the nineties. So um,
1: I'm with yeah. you on that completely. I, I, you know, especially if it's a band as regional, you know, at the time, the Quebec bands didn't seem to get out that much. Yeah. So like they, you know, there was only such a small circle of shows for them to do, so that it took them, you know, until 2005 to do their first ever San Diego show. Is yeah. remarkable.
3: I mean, that um, would be a whole show in of itself as Quebec metal bands because that's oh yeah, it's there's there's such a distinct sound, uh, metal sound that I think comes out of that area, and mm-hmm. I can't quite figure out what it is. I mean, obviously there's, uh, you know, it's just. You know, you have like your American death metal, you have, you know, your your British heavy metal sound, but something about that sound coming out of Quebec is so unique. Absolutely. Um, I've, you know, got gore guts, despised icon, obviously cryptopsy, cataclysm, thoraxis, mm-hmm. voivod, that's another yeah, band voivod, I love. For sure. Voivod. So there's like if there's something going on. There's something in the water there. It's just the way they interpret what heavy is, I think, and mm-hmm. what they can do is just so so unique.
0: Yeah.
1: And they're
3: we able thought, to bounce We played around
0: with, uh, we played around with the idea of doing like a Quebec episode. I was just starting to think, I just thought of that earlier was, so the episode that's going to be coming out before this is obey the brave mm-hmm. who is from Canada. And then, you know, cryptopsy, I'm like, man, maybe we should just do like two more Canadian bands and just say, call it a Canadian month.
1: I I, I kind of have been on a ion dissonance kick for the last couple days so maybe there's something to that too
3: beyond yeah. creation too they're from there
1: you know i, I still need to give yeah, them a fair creation, shake fuck. I, I still have it i've only heard so much of them it, it, like i guess that's something to be said about that region is just there's so much going on that like it's hard to really pay attention to all of it like didn't wasn't that their whole thing was they uh somebody in the quebec city council i think it was wanted it to be yeah. like a known thing. you know what i'm talking about yeah they yeah. wanted it to be a known thing that quebec or bought i don't know if it's quebec or montreal specifically wants to be recognized as like the metal capital you know city-wise. Oh, shit. it's it's got to be montreal then because like that's where most of that is i know i know Voivod. i remember seeing the video and they were the the
3: guy it was in french obviously yeah, yeah. yeah and um it was adorable i loved it i'm like hell yeah do that
1: <laughs> yeah no <laughs> that's cool. great that's a, that's makes me want to go there all the more i, I was legitimately looking at Quebec or well yeah Quebec too but Montreal videos last night because I've come into contact over twitch with so many people from from Montreal shout out I touch clowns shout out Marcel shout out all the all the twitch buddies that I've made in recent time that are all from Montreal and they're all super cool shout out Jimmy on on Vincent's channel um like, like, it, they really do have such a cool thing going there. And I remember, ah, oh, damn, I hate saying this out loud. Over a decade ago, they had the Montreal Invasion Tour, I think it was called, or something like that. Montreal Assault, actually. And it was Despised Icon, Beneath the Massacre, which right there, enough for me, is that's it. I'm done. But they also had Naraxis and uh, Plasma Rifle
3: yeah,
1: uh, opening. And then, and then for some reason, Carnifex was right in the middle. Maybe just to, like, call it a halftime show or something, as far as that goes. But, like... If they could do that on a grander scale, Jamie Josta pitch to Matt and Flo from Cryptopsy. Do do like the I don't know how, how he would call it, but you know, do the generations of Montreal or do the uh, generations of Quebec where it's voivod, uh Cryptopsy, and Gorgots, make that oh, a package too. It's just yeah. <laughs> that would
0: be pretty fucking sweet.
1: Yeah, so we might have to figure out like a montreal or quebec deep dive or something in general because there's still many stones left unturned let alone like the 80 different bands that ollie's in you know what I mean? like, <laughs> yeah it's, it's wild i think he's in Neraxis too
3: yeah it's hard to I keep think track in a, a with yeah them, like, yep oh my god
0: i yeah, love that. A-Curion that album.
1: stuff's pretty cool just yeah, watching that, that, that video dude, of them playing in that room dude and watching his fingers do his thing is so crazy in addition yeah. to all the other guys, but like you know, he's, he's playing that long scale fretless bass and he's doing all the crazy runs yeah. on it. Yeah, oh, by guys. far
2: so awesome. he's Definitely one of my favorites.
3: Yeah,
1: <laughs> oh, he's all around cool. He he always sounds cool based on the interviews you know that he does with Fox and Hops and all that, and yeah. you see the videos of them messing around. And now and now he's in a San Diego band, Cattle. Like so, it's it's you know worldwide love. I love it. It's fucking awesome. I love those little interconnections, you know. Oh, I guess speaking in which so apparently before it was cryptopsy and before you know right around the time Flo was joining they were necrosis and because i'm the way i am i had to hear that did either of you check out necrosis at all
0: no
2: no
1: it's so but that's that's because
0: i am the way i am I know,
1: I know, yeah yeah. We, we we counter each other like that and i just had to hear uh, they had a full length out and they had a few demos and i had to hear it's it's interesting to hear what lord worm became when it was like that weird transitioning out of thrash into death metal, let alone the yeah. game changer Cryptopsy would become. So like if, if anybody's curious, like I am, and I have to hear everything, check out the necrosis stuff. Cause it's an interesting, it's like hearing that first five song cannibal corpse demo and hearing.
3: Yeah. I'll have to check it out. Cause I know that there is a slam band from the UK called necrosis. Mm, and that's right. the one that I am familiar with that I'm like, wait, are you talking about the, <laughs> the brutal yeah. death stuff? That's, you know, um, but no, I'll have to check that
1: out. Yeah, kind of like there's twenty pentagrams and there's twenty. Yeah,
3: it's like wait, which which necroses are we talking about?
1: <laughs> yeah, what what abbreviations at the end of Discord right now? Like, oh my oh, gosh, yeah. like uh, who else was the other one? Uh, the the book from Evil Dead, Necronomicon. Necronomicon. There's oh a yeah, different Necronomicons. Sure. There's actually a few different suffocations, like. But there's only one Cryptopsy, so get on them.
3: I think there's a couple different Columbia neckties as well. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I, you know what, <laughs> you know what sucks. I really like that one that uh, played that show you put on.
3: Oh uh, yeah, my 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 buddies. I love them. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they're obviously not together anymore. I was but gonna say, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I love those guys. I mean, I, it's funny because I love Columbia Necktie, the, the LA band, the people, the humans, and the music. But I also love the uh, there's a grind band called Columbia Necktie. I forget where they're out of. I think it, from Belgium maybe, but they're fucking awesome too. So, yeah. um, if anybody out there wants to check them out, check out both Colombian neckties yeah. LA and Belgium, I think.
1: I would hope there's a Colombian necktie from actual Columbia one day, unless that's just too obvious.
3: I hope I could tell this story, but, um, I'm sorry if I can't, but it's funny cause I was uh, hanging out with the Colombian necktie LA guys once. And, um, I think they were on tour and they got pulled over by the police. Uh, and, uh, they, you know, had a bunch of weed in the van and, uh, you know, the officer was like so what are you guys doing out here And they're like oh we're in a band we're on tour and, like, and the uh officer's like what's the name of your band and they're, they're like i forgot what they called themselves they're like they said some like innocuous name he's like right but, they're like yeah don't say we're colombian anything to yeah, sure, uh, law sure. enforcement
1: colombian yeah. niceties
3: yeah um
1: it's kind of like I guess dying fetus when they go abroad. When people ask them what their name is, they just say the Red Steps because they don't want to have to deal with all the hoopla right. that you know becomes involved with that. Let alone if your band name is Terror and you're and you're bringing merch across the world through <laughs> customs and then people, I guess, kind of give them the side <laughs> yeah. eye. Yeah. What? So. Oh, the
3: funny. other the other Colombian exile band is is uh, from the Netherlands. Just to. Oh, okay. Put that out there.
1: A hop, skip, and a jumping away. I like it.
3: Yeah. A place I may never see if this lockdown doesn't end.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Knock, knocking on literal wood because I yeah. can. My desk is wood. Um, anything else we want to cover before we get into the list?
3: Um, I don't know. I mean, I think, you know, this is one of those bands that's uh, super complex and therefore the conversation has to be really complex about them. They're not, it's not a cut and dry thing. You know, it's like, True. it's not like you have your like favorite Slayer album and that's, that's it. It's like, this is a whole other animal. So um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm glad we're doing this because
1: yeah, absolutely. one thanks. of my
3: favorites, as if anybody knows me, you know, I always sing their praises, so mm-hmm. I'm stoked to talk about them.
1: Absolutely. Um, Jason, any other thoughts? Actually, I mean, I'm pretty good. Cool. Well, well then as that goes. it is time for the namesake. We're getting into the list. Guest of honor, Lindsay, would you like to start us off with your honorable mentions?
3: Honorable mentions. I have a bunch of ties. Does that count for honorable mentions? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> okay. Um, well, honorable mentions, I would say uh, phobophile from non um, And phobophile is kind of a tie with Benedictine convulsions also from non Those mm. two are kind of neck and neck for me. I can get in depth as to why, or I could just name that if that's sufficient.
1: Oh, do whatever you please
3: well I mean I love for me I will say of the lord worm era one of my favorite albums besides Once was not is none so vile um, I think that this album for me was an introduction into extreme metal and technical and technical metal I mean it just was my doorway it's kind of like when you when you find a band at a certain point or you find that one album at a you know a certain point in your life and just kind of hang on to it for me it was none so vile when I started really digging into their catalog Um and Benedictine Convulsions for me, um, that song is just, there's so much groove in that song, obviously, flows. A drumming is super organic sounding. Um, it breathes and there's so much going on. But Fogophile is it's kind of it's so dramatic. I think that's one of the things I like about the Lord Worm albums is that he brings so much drama to everything that he does. And Fogophile brings in that drama that drama musically too. with the piano interlude, yeah. um, you know, it's very theatrical it kind of saunters and dances around it's, you know, there's so much going on. So those two are a tie for me. Um, And I guess, you know, I would consider those to be my number five picks, I guess, but also, you know, honorable mentions and ties.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, You know, and I'm glad, well, we'll get to that in a sec, but yeah, it seems like none so vile is the one that people always are like, okay, that's the go-to. And you know, what's funny is as far as like the treatment for represses and re-releases and stuff, I keep forgetting it's not actually on century media. So like I guess there's some litigation, not litigation, but there's some holdups as far as like getting represses and whatnot. So everybody's always all clamoring for the vinyl, I guess. Um, I'm only so minimally a vinyl guy, so I, you know, don't pay attention to it as much. But yeah, it seems like everybody says that's the one if you're if you're getting into them first off. Uh, Jason, how about you?
0: For honorable mentions, uh, just one off of uh, vile like orgiastic disembowelment. Great name. <laughs> It's a lot to say, mm-hmm. and another one I was fuck I I almost put it on my list, but I can't take one of my songs off. But uh I was just listening to it today on my way home from work, and fucking dude, amputated enigma off of the self titled album is, I mean fuck, dude, it's and it's one of it's go it's one of the songs that has kind of like some simpler parts too, but I mean it, it's too. The chaos when they hit the chaos parts it adds to the speed when they hit speed parts and it's just fucking heavy as shit i haven't listened i think that's one of the ones i've listened to the least was the self-titled one so i was trying to really give it like a another few listens uh on my way to work and my way home and that's a really fucking good album man like yeah it's really fucking cool so yeah that's about it i don't have i don't have a ton of honorable mentions like it's one thing like I I was like with the brutal music is like sometimes it is hard to articulate fucking not just how you feel about it but like the actual fucking songs because they are structured so crazy it's like some of the songs can sound the same some of the songs can run together some of the songs can almost be interchangeable right so yeah it's it's a little bit difficult so it like because of that I wasn't going to try and get into too many like honorable mentions because like I said I I haven't listened to Cryptopsy like a shitload in my life where like something like Discord, I could probably have more songs I could probably like pick out or you know something like Severed Savior or like you know fucking that sort of that sort of thing where it's like yeah I've listened to that uh, like a way more than this So, but those two really, I mean, orgiastic that was one of the ones that I just really loved off the first album. Sorry, off of None So Vile. So, yeah, I mean, I had to give that one a shout for sure. What about you?
1: So, I uh, got to make a quick amendment because I'm looking over my list now and I noticed I have no Matt stuff. So, I just got to say shout out Matt stuff overall because I think that is kind of the deal is like even though he is like awesome and I definitely think like this lineup is probably – if not the best, certainly the most efficient. And I'm pretty sure they've been around the longest at this point too. Um, They're just like, uh, it kind of gets overshadowed by the previous materials, you know, legacy and whatnot. But yeah, shout out to all the, you know, two pound torch and all that. Like awesome. On that note, I'm glad uh, you brought up once was not Lindsay, because I I thought that was going to get overlooked in this list. I'm going with, okay, let me get a big break for this one. (laughs) second track but first proper song in the kingdom where everything dies the sky is mortal yes that wasn't as bad as i thought (laughs) so yeah like yeah what a way to kick off the album he's got that weird spliced up scream thing in the middle and it just kind of sets the pace i um i was a little i don't know about taking it back but i you know it's a very different style of production i feel like compared to the other releases where it's is it a little more organic say I don't know. It's hard to articulate what it is about it, but it kind of lets you know what you're in store for with the rest of the album on that. And then on that same note, again, let's see if I, I, I try to remember this and it's just not happening, but the pestilence that walketh in the darkness, yes. Psalm ninety-one five eight, 5, yes. Like that little cool thing in the beginning, kind of setting in the mood there and then just gets frantic, frantic, frantic. And, uh, and yeah, that was their first video as far as I'm aware. And they, and I'm pretty sure I saw them play it on MTV too. When, when Jamie Josta was still hosting headbangers ball.
3: Wow. You're really uh, dating yourself
1: there too. (laughs) I I date myself all the time.
3: I'm like, yeah, I'm right there with you. I I remember all that stuff. I'm like, God, that was what? That was like almost what? 20 years ago.
1: Yeah. I know. I was just like, Oh, that was just yesterday. Oh wait. No, it wasn't. It was like
3: 15 years ago.
1: Yeah. Yeah a few yesterdays who's counting (laughs) um but like you know the cool little hey we're we're ominous in the swamp you know having fun kind of vibe same year that uh obituary did frozen in time with uh that whole thing too so it was just a sick year for death metal in general especially as far as getting coverage on mtv too i remember seeing in 2003 they had i don't remember what song it was but hate eternal getting played in like the middle of the night i was like whoa things are off yeah and you know that's that's when things were really turning around and i was like this is sick and then youtube became a thing and now you know and and i'm glad but like you know videos the place of videos in in music is kind of changed a little but it seems like it's a different thing now it was just finding its footing there for a second but yeah it was cool seeing all these bands on mtv too after after seeing nothing for so long and yeah I wasn't there for the glory days of headbangers ball when it was first a thing so this was like our iteration and now everything's available on YouTube which is awesome too
3: I'm sorry to interrupt your list but do you remember because um, I think we're around the same age but do you remember it was like um, well uh, do you remember mistress Julia the uh, oh, yeah the J- yeah what was nope. that Uran- was it uranium so
1: she had uranium yeah. She had another one called uh I don't remember but it was basically Uranium. It was just another it was called like Mistress of Metal or something.
3: Yeah, Uranium was where I got all of my uh my metal videos. I mean, I remember she was obsessed with Glenn Danzig, so there was a yep. lot of Danzig videos being played, but yeah. uh lots and of metal. Yeah, Peter yeah. You're yeah. But yeah. uh that's where I saw a lot of the metal videos um other than like I guess MTV2 was on Uranium and then um there was also a Canadian. Was it wasn't much music or something yep, like that. That's what
1: I always talk about. Loud with George Strombolopoulos. Yeah. yeah. CNN correspondent now. George Strombolopoulos. How strange is that?
3: Strombo. The Strombo show. Yep.
1: Uh, yep. He also does his, uh, he does like a little concerts in his garage thing. And there's one yeah. everybody should check out with Power Trip. You know, rest yeah. in peace Riley. Um, but no, I'm, I'm the same way. Yeah. That, that was my introduction to a lot of stuff was George Strombolopoulos on Loud. And then like, her, him and Julia kind of shared space on Much Music when then Much Music became Fuse, so it was just her.
3: Fuse, yeah.
1: Yeah, so it was those two shows. I know I screwed the name up on the Not Uranium one, and then she had a third, which was her, like, uh, love advice thing on, like, a closed set. Um, yeah,
3: I, I didn't see that stuff. I just remember Uranium playing, um, like, all kinds of stuff. I, you know, just <laughs> like all the new metal stuff, but a lot of, like, super brutal stuff, too. Oh,
1: yeah, she had uh, Napalm. Yeah. Yeah, those were those were the days.
3: <laughs> yeah, that
1: but, was a
0: little bit better than Headbanger's Ball, I always thought. Like this, they definitely played a lot more like heavier stuff.
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, like when Jimmy... Headbanger's ball, a, you had
0: to wait for that second hour. Yeah. Like back in back in my day, you had to wait for the second hour to get
3: anything. <laughs> Jason, you. back in my day. Back in my <laughs> yeah. day. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, you had to wait for that second hour because I mean you know the the first hour was all the same shit you would see on mtv anyway
1: yeah no for sure i i i just go by the retrospectives where it was ricky rackman talking about people complaining that they played firehouse and then the the other contingent complaining that people would play napalm death which... but
3: yeah but you think about the time frame in which that show was on tv there was like all this stuff happening and you had the grunge era you still mm-hmm. had a little bit of hair metal Then you had, you know, Napalm and Grindcore and stuff coming out into the fore. Then you also had, like, you know, suffocation around that time. Like, there was a lot of different kinds of metal. I mean, there is now, too. But there was a lot of different kinds of things going on musically. And I think they just tried to, like. Pantera. Pantera. Oh, yeah, of course. How how could you forget that, you know?
0: Cemetery Gates, like, their first time they played that was, like, in that second hour. And, I mean, maybe two weeks. And it was in the first hour. Like, hmm. it, it, it got big pretty quick on MTV. Yeah. But, but yeah, there was a lot of that going on. Plus, I mean, right around, like, 92, 93, it's, like, now, I mean, but, 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 we have to play Metallica.
2: <laughs> right, yeah, right, right. <laughs> you know, yeah. and it's
0: just, like, well, yeah. But, I mean, also, like, fucking, uh, what was another one that I remember seeing in the second, like, Danzig? Um, well, yeah. Twisted Kane was, was a big second hour Mm-hmm. um video some voivod stuff yeah it was that's where they played all the fucking heavy shit all the weird shit you know and it was yeah grunges. I think they
3: played some carcass too though
0: right yeah carcass oh, yeah, stuff, yeah. like yeah. um every once in a while some death but not a morbid angel not super often but like it really just kind of depended on the week and I always wondered how much like leeway they had with
3: you know. with what they could get away with yeah I, yeah I remember seeing some um archive footage and i know that they, they played some cannibal corpse too and um you know i mean it's just you, there's a lot to cover you know <laughs> there's a lot yeah. of a lot of people to keep happy too
1: yeah for sure that's
0: Especially, the big thing it's yeah you would have people that are like well, what the fuck you're playing fucking skid row again you know and then you have this you know the other people that are like fucking what the fuck is this napalm death crap like you right. know yeah. so <laughs> i couldn't even imagine like the letters they were getting or if something was like on the, on that like now like like if MTV was still playing music videos and Twitter was a thing fucking forget about yeah, it
1: yeah like, for sure yeah what a what a disconnect be, it would be yeah. just a
0: huge shit storm man like i wouldn't want to deal with
1: that either yeah hey remember that angry fan mail you had to hand write and then like wait and maybe it would be received you <laughs> right. can get it right in their face right now for better <laughs> yeah. or much much yeah. worse
0: it might not be worth it to you to fucking no. write it all out. So no. you think about it a little bit more.
1: Yeah. The intern gets it lost in the, in the box and it just kind of <laughs> gets stepped on. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Ricky Rackman, did you watch that code orange stream yet? No, it's cool. It's just, um, apparently they needed to fix the audio cause it was set up for like the live streaming thing. So they didn't have time to work out the audio kink. So apparently they're going to fix it, but they, they full on did a retrospective. They called it mud TV and it was like, you know, it had, they gave it that 90s kind of look and, and like gradient quality and whatnot, but they played like stuff by Vane, by Code Orange, by uh, nice. Higher Power, Turnstile, all their contemporaries. I thought that was sick. And then, and, and then, uh, and then Ricky Brackman was doing the in-between interviews beforehand and stuff. It was pretty cool. I appreciate all the stuff they do.
3: I was a big fan of 120 minutes with Matt Penfield.
1: Yeah. Same. same. I was
3: also, I mean, I know it wasn't, it wasn't exclusively heavy, but it was definitely in that alternative era. And, um, Mm -hmm. I found out about so many cool bands. I was pretty young, but I mean, I still watched it. And, um, that's where I got introduced to a lot of different, that's where, I think that's where I maybe found out about Rollins too. (laughs) For the first time was watching 120 minutes and, um, you know, he had, he had all kinds of interesting, uh, He's, he's kind of more of like the underground, like alternative scene, I guess. But for some reason, yeah. I always just associated him with heavy music for some reason. And I know he, I think he had a radio show for a while, too, or maybe he still does. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I miss that time. I missed that era. That was good stuff.
1: Oh, same. I think we're going to have to have like a nostalgia cast or something because we could go down some rabbit holes on this. <laughs> Yeah. Put, yeah especially that area like the the waiting till okay it's eleven thirty something something cool has got to pop up where it's like yeah. you know, it's not on demand where it's just like okay click oh the my button. god okay
0: i remember one like okay, so i would i've told this story before like i would record it on vhs mm-hmm. and then that way i wouldn't have to stay up like especially if i had fucking church in the morning and it just fuck it would just suck so i would record and then i'd watch it all week fucking coroner masked jackal no kidding dude i don't care how old you are stop this shit right now and go get on spotify or youtube and fucking listen to masked jackal by corner fucking awesome awesome swedish death metal fucking song i guess you could call it death metal i'm pretty sure they're swedish Uh, dude it's so it's i fucking i saw the song i was like I mean, at that time, I, I was just like, like, I'd never seen anything like that. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, it was one of those things. It was just like, holy fuck. And I mean, if I remember right, I believe fucking Adam Curry was the fucking
1: oh, so He was the original guy, right? Right. Okay. There was one
0: guy the first year or whatever, and then Curry took it over. And he was the redhead guy with the fake ass fucking leather jacket. He's the yeah, guy that yeah, George yeah. Fisher said, I've seen palm trees more metal than Adam Curry. <laughs> <laughs>
1: nice. Um, i would love
0: george so i yeah i just i always wondered how much they're able to curate you know like that second hour or whatever but i mean yeah mm-hmm. they played some pretty cool shit on there and then 100, 120 minutes like do forget about it it's like fucking everything from porno for pyros to fucking yeah. james and and weird shit you know mazzy star and i mean fucking dude. sonic youth that video for um fuck, dirty shoes or something like that when when fucking thurston like jumps in the crowd and shit like
2: mm-hmm.
0: i mean it, fuck, dude! All that shit was so fucking fishbone on fucking 120 minutes. Like, fuck yeah, fuck, fishbone, dude.
1: dude. <laughs> Side note: Has anybody checked out Thurston Moore's black metal band? I don't even think he's doing wait, it anymore.
3: What? Well, yeah, wait, back up. Thurston yeah, yeah. Moore. Yeah,
1: <laughs> let me let me see if I could figure the name out real quick. The words Thurston Moore and black metal should, should
0: not
2: never. be in a sentence.
1: <laughs> Isn't it one of those things like like that whole? I don't know if you want to call it alternative rock culture or whatever. Like, like if they don't gravitate to the rest of metal, they'll they'll gravitate towards black metal specifically. Let me see if I can really? find it real quick. Yeah, that's how
3: I feel about Death Heaven, and I know.
1: Yeah, exactly.
3: You know, I know there are people who are diehards who just believe in that band. Um, I really haven't listened to them enough to actually form a strong opinion about it, but mm-hmm. that's kind of that's how I feel about that band. Like it, it's like alternative black metal. You know what I mean? Yeah,
1: exactly. There's um, lots of
0: those now. That's. The, that whole ambient black metal and yeah. atmospheric black metal, like that's a big fucking genre right now. Like it's pretty crazy.
1: Yeah, uh, mole with the weird strike through the O in the middle thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they're called Twilight, which pretty on the nose name, and <laughs> and he played guitar. But uh, the drummer was that rest dude from Leviathan. Apparently, they've been broken up for five years. Um, I guess I'll have to actually listen to it someday. Yeah, Apparently. I'll just say, yeah. Apparently Aaron Turner was involved at some point and Blake Judd wow. from Knock Misty. Oh, really? Yeah. So okay. This like well, a-
3: that's, <laughs> that's worth a listen. Yeah. Uh,
1: On to God super group.
3: Well, I mean, I love Sonic youth. And so by that alone, I would be willing to give it a shot.
1: All right. Now we're getting into the top five. Uh, Lindsay, you said that Ty kind of counted as your top five, right?
3: Yeah, I think so. I mean, they're, you know, they were my number five picks and right. so, yeah.
1: It's, like it's the hardest to choose between something you love so much. I got it, right? Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Uh, so, Jason, how about your number five?
0: Oh, shit. Forgot my list. Sweet. Where is it?
1: You want me to go? All right.
0: For Christ's sakes, yes, go.
1: Okay. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm just going to go with the standard, man. Slit your guts off of none so vile. Like, there's a reason that's the one that's considered, the, you know, the go-to. It's just that catchy-ass riff, man. Yeah. Get Holy <laughs> shit. That's mine, too. oh for real all right cool so it starts already (laughs) that's that happens a lot so this is no exception yeah Yeah. weird little yeah and then getting right into it man like fucking it's a blast no matter who's singing it dude i've seen i've seen videos yeah like uh it's just it's a standard for a reason man it's it's awesome
0: did that fucking bam it goes into that fucking breakdown like dude like yeah you never forget your first like d says all the time
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> you know it's funny too I didn't give enough of a shout out on um the long song the the video song I can't remember the damn name pestilence blah 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 uh the the whole stop and start on the turn of a dime thing that they do so well you know yeah. like, like just out of nowhere just up oh, we're gonna change the tempo and everything else that goes with it and that's definitely exemplified on this song too um But yeah, there's so many twists and turns. And this is the one that's on all the playlists. This is the one that's on all the, you know, the video picks and all that. Like, it's the live staple.
3: It's kind of the benchmark for them, I think. I think for a lot of people, this is like the benchmark Cryptopsy song. It's like, you know, maybe the first introduction they had to the band or just maybe the first introduction they had to like extreme metal or something. But it's definitely, I think it's a benchmark track.
1: Yeah, absolutely it's it it stays in the set list for a damn good reason it's yeah. just awesome you know it's, it's memorable as hell i think that has a lot to do with it too is that one record or that one uh that one riff is very very notable sticks in the mind a little easier than some of the other <laughs> things.
0: like right in the middle yeah. Fuck, dude it's just gnarly man fucking love that shit
1: hell yeah well that's a good way to break that ice anything else you want to add jason <laughs> <laughs> no that dude. One like, pretty, over and over.
0: Well, yeah, fucking I mean I'm pretty sure it's like one of their fucking top songs too if I remember well, it's number 3. So yeah, I mean
1: can I please bug tip, you to uh, you can listen
0: to uh, what's up.
1: I was going to say can I please bug you to get the 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 10 up right now before I forget again on Spotify. Oh, yeah, got it. Yeah, thanks.
0: Um, I think it's <laughs> um yeah, if you listen to it off of cuz like on Spotify it's off the the best of us bleed
1: Mm, okay, yeah, and yeah. The reason
0: why is it's a remastered version and yeah. it's fucking outstanding, dude.
1: Yeah, that'll help. <laughs> uh on that note, Lindsay, how about your number four?
3: My number four is I think this is pronounced Lich Mistress. I think it's German Lich Mistress um from uh Nunsville. Um and I love this song because it's super bluesy, um, complete like just groove city. Um, and it also slams really fucking hard. It like, like, like you said before, they just turn on a dime into these different, these different, um, compartmentalized parts of the song where it's just like, why are you doing this right now? But it works. And it's so crazy. And this is one of those songs where you're like, why, why, why is this happening? Um, and I think that song kind of exemplifies that. Um, they've got some really awesome old school death metal mo- moments in the song, but there's, it's the groove of this song that fucking floors me every time. But there's, it's like two minutes and like two and a half minutes into the song. <laughs> there's this weird little cackle, uh, that Lord Worm does. He like cackles and then like, the bass and the box just like open up with this weird it's just fucking it's brutal it's scary it's weird it's like what the fuck it's like a non sequitur (laughs) it's like a non sequitur in the song you're like why did this happen but it works and um Cretopsy just does they do these like random punctuations and inflections in the sound where they'll they'll just be you know running headlong first super fast and then they just throw in something super random and you're like it cracks your brain open and um, they do that in this song and um, I think that the the groove especially in the song really floors me and I love Flo's playing on this track too because it's really organic Um, I think someone said once he's like one of the more like natural or organic feeling technical death metal drummers where it's like, he's very, very, he's obviously super talented. He has a really, um, his prowess is like out of control, but he's very organic and there's this groove to it and it's not perfect, but it's just, it's real and that's what i love about him as a drummer it's it's you're it's not like when i listen to him i'm like oh this is you know they did some studio magic here i feel like it's a human being playing drums yes. and that that's what i really love especially about the earlier stuff is it's very human for as crazy as it is it's very human feeling too so um, my number four pick is leak mistress
0: nice dude that fucking it's almost like a fucking crowbar riff yeah dude. with cryptopsy drums on it's like dude
3: yeah
0: yeah that was one, that was one of the fucking like just fucking heavy and i agree with full like a lot of the old school drummers you know because they didn't necessarily play to you know um not necessarily clicks but they didn't necessarily play to metronomes all the time um a lot of the older stuff I mean, yes and I think that's the draw for a lot of people for this uh, OSDM you know the old-school death metal is it does sound more organic it does sound more real mm-hmm. um, where just from the equipment alone the production levels got to where I wanted them to be but then obviously you know people took it even further because they're always trying to push stuff right so You're always trying to push the seal away, like how, how exact can we get it? How on point can we get? And yeah, you do miss a little bit of like the, like the kick is always the same volume, you know, where like back in the day, it's like they might have, you know, you have a missed kick or something and it's there. It's just not that big of a deal
1: yeah i remember on the old uh drum kit from hell you had the humanized option and we're like what the hell does right. that even mean <laughs> and it is exactly that where it's just like yep. not every kick is immediately on or every beat is where it would be or whatever so right think, some of them are
0: louder than others like
1: yeah yeah
0: so interesting yeah, you idea. have you know there's definitely that i mean and i'm like i mean i was like fucking i was just listening to gate creeper the other day and i was just, like god I, okay i mean i get what people are addicted to right now with and, and you know shout out the new necrot album i mean oh, i yeah. get why people are kind of really drawn to that man because it it can get to the point where if you it's good to have the other side because everything can get kind of sounding the same with all styles of music you know mm-hmm. the production gets the same and all the drums sound the same and,
1: you know what's and funny though on too. that point is this this whole wave is definitely got to be a reaction to how clean and on the grid and, you know, overproduced things got. But it seems like if you ask a lot of those bands, if not all of them, Cryptopsy is the band that gets a pass. And, like, I don't know what else to chalk that up to other than they do have a little more raw history or, like, maybe they were just the first to take it to that level. And so there's a bit of respect there. But, like, it is interesting. Well, they started –
0: I mean, they started a – well, I mean, as far as, like, so Vile coming out, which was their big breakout fucking – you know, their, their classic, whatever, masterpiece, whatever you want to call it. I mean, that's 1996. So, I mean, they were a little bit, they're, they're kind of like dying fetus. They were kind of like that second wave. And I don't know, maybe it's just, maybe it's the studio. It could have been in the studios in Canada. I mean, I'm assuming they recorded it there um,
1: so, yeah.
0: kind of like the Swedish stuff, right? I mean, it's, they didn't have maybe the equipment or they didn't have the money so that they didn't have that backing behind it where they could get slightly better production and so even though it's n- like newer stuff in the sense of like they came after that so they had stuff to build on like okay we've heard cannibal corpse we've heard death we've heard suffocation and it's like let's kick it up a notch
1: mm-hmm. yeah you
0: know, exactly. and yeah they were as far as i could tell they're one of the first like bands to go probably like this technical
1: mm-hmm. yeah oh yeah it's just like there's certain benchmarks like your suffocation, even, ah, maybe not death because death is kind of like its own thing almost. Um, but you know what I mean? Like there's certain stepping stones where it's like, okay, now beat that, you know, here's where right. the bar is to jump over or even like set it higher even in some instances. You know
0: how we always, we kind of say like dying fetus is kind of like the godfathers of like Death Court or Slam or both? Yeah, uh, yeah for sure. Um, it's almost like cryptopsy is like the godfathers of technical technical death metal. Yeah, okay. for sure. You know? And I mean, Definitely throw in the brutality too. And because, yes, that is two totally different things technical death metal and technical brutal death metal. <laughs> you know, sure. yeah. it's like two totally oh, yeah. different
1: things. Obscura is not brutal.
0: It's weird to talk about. It's weird to talk about. But man, like in my head, it all makes sense. Yeah, no, no, no I agree. No, I, I it, but... completely
3: agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah. like it's funny talking about it out loud because it's you know, all right. you know, to me. Like, well, I'm
0: one of
1: those people.
3: <laughs> yeah, well, no, I think we're all one of those people because we're having like a three hour conversation about this. So. Yeah, right. <laughs>
1: yeah, for sure. That's how we tend to do it. Um, anything else? Yeah, uh, you wanted to add to that, Lindsay?
3: Uh, no. I, I mean, I concur completely. I think that you know, Kurt you know, Godfather's technical and brutal Mel, They just there are so many things that they incorporated into their sound at that time that I think it's hard to, you know, pull out one aspect and say, okay, well they were this or they were that they were kind of everything. They were just kind of all purpose, mm-hmm. heavy, all purpose, technical, um, especially on the earlier stuff, because it was just so uh, chaotic, you know, yeah. there were so many things happening. Um, and then I think they really started to experiment with the jazz stuff too, a little yeah, bit yeah, later, yeah. Um, you know, so there's, a lot going on you know like i said it's something you have to just sit and chew on for a while you can't just like play it and then instantly get it like i get what this band is about i mean you think you know it and then you don't you know
1: yeah absolutely um well on that note uh my number four i'm going with gravaged in parentheses a cryptopsy um and i'm going both versions off of off of blasphemy made flesh and the demo uh what is it ungentle exhumation i it sounds weird trying to say it out loud you see that on on paper you're like oh yeah that's that's a tech, you know a typical death <laughs> metal thing and then you verbalize it and you're like H-h-h-h-h-h-h. but um like i just that little scream he does at the beginning and the little yeah. beginning riff dude frantic dude <laughs> that that's another thing they they added a whole level of <laughs> franticness yeah yeah i don't even know i can't figure out how to do i'm not it's, a high guy so it's like a
0: pube hair better <laughs> yeah. than chris barnes
1: yeah 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 i mean yeah it's pretty bad I, I, that's why i love it dude. like and the fact that both of those versions are so different and i you know they they both have their interesting you know i'm a, i i'm a, i like demos i'm that guy not all of them but like it sounds pretty damn good for a demo, and probably has something to do with the fact I don't I can't think of anybody that was doing drum sounds like Flo did around that time with that yeah. super ping no. snare, dude.
0: Yeah, that became that. like the thing.
1: It's Still like, is
0: the fucking thing.
1: It is. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They had they have what they call the brutal snare, right? Just, yeah, the brutal ping, dude, to the air. Like,
0: It's the oh. brutalest ping ever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's kind of a staple now. I mean, and yeah, that was kind of can't think of a earlier instance of it to be honest with you
1: yeah man i yeah me neither that might be a deep dive for another day it probably just me because i'm we do an episode on the ping oh i'm all about it dude metal (laughs) sucks back in the day did a thing just about what they called the brutal snare and they like kind of highlighted all the different guys that did it and at the very end kind (laughs) of a joke but they're kind of right is the dude from
3: 311 (laughs) Uh, exactly (laughs) yeah you know what i mean yeah yeah no you're right you're right
1: yeah. I was like, hey, uh, fair is fair man <laughs> I guess. <good> God. Uh, <laughs> but yeah
0: like yeah, uh, talk side, about inclusive
1: yeah side note i like both versions of the blasphemy made flesh cover art because that is some like bumper sticker on some dude's shitty bmw shit right there. well the first version the second one is kind of typical of what you would see around this uh, turn of the century kind of century media vibe and yeah. I'm pretty sure that wasn't on Century Media first either, but they did do the re-release. So
3: yeah, they reissued it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think it was the first version was on Invasion Records, something like that. Ninety-four. Yeah,
1: one of those ones you only hear about, like from that one record.
3: Yeah, they existed then, for that one record. And then
1: <laughs> yeah, oh, I love those. I could get a whole thing about all those. Um, but yeah, man, like I, that's my one pick from that era. Uh, so I guess I'm glad I have something from it at the very least. Um, on that note, Jason, your number four.
0: My number four is uh, "Cold Hate, Warm Blood" from uh, the one with this album, "Whisper Supremacy." Yes. yes, sir. Easy peasy. It's fucking the one with. I mean, granted they have a lot of them, but it's got it's got this fucking slam part in it so weird thing i've heard people fucking say they don't like this this uh they don't like the salvo arrow De salvo era, DeSalvo era mm-hmm. because they say that's when they turned into like more of like a deathcore type band it, he brought this people think he brought like a hardcore element to which he kind of did because he is tougher mm-hmm. <laughs> let's let's be well, real there and all these Definitely years later
1: tougher. i'm just like no man it's just a different take on death metal and it is. And then I find out, right. oh no, he came from the Boston hardcore scene too. Yeah, oh. yeah. Oh, okay. I
3: All think right. uh, Lord Worm did do backing vocals on Cold Hate, Warm Blood. Yeah, yeah
1: I think and, so, yeah. Uh, and the but one that after that Dun, dun,
2: dun, 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 dun,
3: dun,
0: dun, 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 dun. Like, oh, fuck, dude. It is awesome. Like, I love it. And I mean, I like I like this album, going back and listening to it a little bit more because I do think I actually stopped listening to them all together on and then you'll beg but I, I bet I only listened to both of these like once and then I was like kind of over it going back to it man I heard this one I was just like fuck yeah dude like and yeah I get it when you say like he's just got this tough sound to him.
3: yeah it's it's different you know? I mean it's like ballsier maybe a little bit it's just more oh yeah it punches you in the face a little bit more whereas it, like I said I think Lord Worm is like uh, asylum you know, uh, it's like somebody going insane in an asylum. It's right, right. It's a completely different experience, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then, like, the beginning, like, so right around, like, 2005 or six, you had, like, bands like Severed Savior, Decrepit Birth, and, and uh, what's another one of those? They were kind of like the – I think they call it like, California technical death metal or brutal tech death and stuff like that, like, where they were throwing in all these weird, like, little jazz breakdowns. Yeah. but this one it starts off just the bass just that fucking and then it has a oh i love this little that, yeah. fucking jazzy thing like yeah i kind of noticed it like in like not several but a few different spots on this album and i feel like this album did that in 98 mm-hmm. all that other stuff is like you know i mean fuck it's like seven to eight years later right it became so- kind of a staple in like brutal tech death yeah, it it's took gotta a for be. People it's to gotta up. be from this stuff, like. Yeah. You know, I mean, and you know, not to go back to the fucking brutal thing, but with a lot of the the brutal tech, with the brutal tech, especially, it really is just like the most brutal jazz you've ever heard. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. You know, it's it's on par with that sort of thing, and that's that's why it's not as popular as I mean, jazz was never like hugely popular, but the people that love it love it. Yeah, you know, and it's kind of the same with like brutal tech death, like same kind of deal. Like, and it's it is uh, like jazz, anything goes, you know. It's mm-hmm. just exactly. Like, Want to throw a fucking jazz breakdown? Fucking throw it in there. Who gives a fuck? Well, how <laughs> are we gonna? How do we get into it? I don't know. Let's just stop just do and it. Then start playing. Yeah. <laughs> just do it. Yeah. it? Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. You yeah. know, like yeah, it's just fuck it, man. Like whatever. Like, well, it'll it'll work, you know. And it's always funny because they never really say anything about it. You know, the word progressive never really comes up true yeah which i always <laughs> thought was pretty weird because that's kind of that thing so anyway d yes sir your number four please
1: i did it already gravaged did you oh yeah. fuck no I'm worries i'm writing my shit now it's all good it's all good i mean typing whatever yeah and hey, you're, you're inscribing letters <laughs> and words
0: inscribing like yeah. a fucking got a fucking chisel, got a chisel.
1: Out. yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> Digital and striving, uh, Lindsay. Yeah. And yet we're three. on a Zoom
3: call. He's over here chiseling stuff in yeah. stone. <laughs> he's
1: he's got my error. stone
3: tablets. Yeah.
1: He's trying to maintain a, an era of authenticity. You know what I mean? So that's, <laughs> you know, that's,
3: that's in cool. his yeah. era. That's how they. Ah, that's true. You know. yeah,
0: yeah, back in my day, well, <laughs> with the uh,
1: hieroglyphics and the cave paintings, gifted
0: and gifted about being old. Yep, uh, yep, yep. Hey, it's
1: that's It's it's right. only because I'm the old guy in a lot of my circles. So true. Yep, yep, yep. That's also what we have Brett for. <laughs> yes. yes. But, Upcoming episode with Brett. Be on the lookout, everybody. Uh, so, yeah, Lindsay, your number three.
3: My number three, I mentioned it uh, at the very beginning of our conversation, uh, is White Worms uh, from Whisper yes. Supremacy. And the reason why I chose it as my number three is because it's the first cryptopsy song I ever heard. Um, so for me, it's my benchmark, I guess, you know, it's, it's what really got me into the band. It was my first introduction to Mike DeSalvo and to put it into perspective, I think I was 14 when I first heard the song and then many, 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 years later, I ended up in a band with him. So it's kind of cool. Awesome. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I, like I said, I got it, I found it on the Century Media sampler and I was hooked after that. And I think what I really like about the song again is, um, this was kind of when they really first started introducing all that jazzy stuff in with the experimental polyrhythms and the brutal stuff and the groove and the slams so there was so much going on in the song and then on top of that you have this super tough dude you have Desalvo's vocals and he's just like super aggro spitting it out um and at the time you know for me it was just hearing this whole new possibility with metal and and everything so um it's uh, for me like i said it's a benchmark song it's a benchmark song for me in terms of cryptopsy's whole like you know history um, and i think it's one of their more brutal and like the last part of the song where he just kind of goes whoa and he just like lets it go and everything you know falls out it's just yeah. so nasty dude you know it's it's oh, a really it's a cool song i think it's just a really fucking cool song
1: absolutely that ah, i'm glad that Whisper Supremacy is getting as much love as it is right now. I, I really do believe that's my favorite. And then side note, I like the fact that there's two different versions of the cover art, apparently. I, I just thought those were little funny things where like the logo's in a different spot than the uh, European version. Mm-hmm. Just little touches like that. And this is the first appearance of their weird little I don't know if you want to call it a mascot, but kind of, right? With the little winged little, little tail dude. dude. The bat, the,
3: the bat ghost dude. the ghost bat with yeah. the sperm sperm
1: whale tail. Yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> love it. But yeah, and I mean White Worms is definitely a staple. I mean, if you really break it down, you're just going, God damn, man. If nothing else, the first half of this album is just back to front slammed and dude. Like dude, when out. they start
0: chunking it out like in the first like minute or so,
2: like
0: fucking when it just like flow just sends it up from the blast to the fucking like the machine gun king, like it's pretty fucking sweet, man. Like yeah yeah, like that was one thing i noticed about this one i get i I think it's just this thing i have with lord worm be honest with you it could be his like when lord worm does try to go high like it's like like chris barnes syndrome where like de salvo can go high with like really powerful fucking like high screams and it's it just sounds so much better
1: yeah you know you know what's funny is i'm looking you were talking about like and we have been talking about the them kind of instigating a Montreal sound of sorts I'm seeing that none so vile whisper supremacy end and then you'll beg which is a weird way to say that we're all done by the same guy at the same studio I will not out of consideration I will not attempt his last name but his first name's Pierre so it's just like,
3: <laughs> you know Pierre. Remiard. Yes. That's the one.
1: Thank you. That's, that's way better than I could do. So
3: that's probably absolutely terribly wrong. So I apologize. (laughs) Oh, that's better than
1: I'll do. So thank you. Um, but yeah, man, time and place on this whole thing. Um, anything else you wanted to add about white worms, Lindsay?
3: Uh, no, I just, I, I think one other thing I wanted to say about it is it just also underscores, um, what I loved about, cryptopsy is is how organic they were on this one too because again Mm -hmm. there was so much going on but it was still human you know you could pick out little things like little inflections that weren't completely on point and um you know that's it kind of humanizes it all instead of you know it being super robotic and um too too tight to be like it's not so tight that like You, I mean, obviously everything was was superior, but it's not so tight that it feels woody. You know, it was like it still moved, and there was so much groove, and you could get into it, and then it would change, and you're like, okay, I'm still with you here. And it wasn't super heady. You could actually like super, you could fucking throw down in the pit to this, even though there was so much going on and not get lost. And I, you know, that's what I really like about the song.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and then again, that's what we were talking about earlier. That's probably what sets them apart from a lot of those other tech bands is they get so up their own ass with perfection that things get lost in translation as yeah. much as I like that stuff. But this is a demonstration of why I think they kind of stand out from the rest of their pack on that note. My number three is the opening track off whisper supremacy, emaciate. Nice. Well, what, what have we not already said about this album? It's awesome. And what the, so the thing I always get this little things you get stuck in your head. It's like, what is that? And it's just like, Oh yeah. It's the beginning of Emaciate with the weird little blasty thing going on in the background. And like, it really informs you that this is a whole new band, you know, as we've been kind of saying with the different iterations and whatnot. Yeah. But like something else I noticed along the way, the first two albums, I I wouldn't say generic, but like a little more traditional. It's like a more traditional, it's a, a more technical take on the more traditional death metal riffing. Right. If that makes sense where this is just like a whole new beast on these next couple albums. And it's very to the point. There's no, there's not, it's not the same kind of messing around as it would have been on the first couple albums. Mm-hmm. And yeah, when they introduce those jazzier elements, it adds a whole new dimension to the band, which I love. And that is a staple for me. Um, but yeah. We'll, we'll get into that a little more later. Cause I got, I got a couple little surprises in there, but yeah, man, just. Dude, well. it may see
0: it's blast city, dude. Like, yeah, doesn't let up a whole lot yeah it's
1: like <laughs> it's fucking awesome it's he stepped it up another notch you know what i mean it's not the same as again some of the more traditional elements found on the first two albums but like but what they're doing is kind of their own thing even more than it already was you know what i mean it's fucking
3: yeah matt does a really good job uh with this song live um yeah, yeah he i mean like we were talking about how versatile he is as a vocalist he does an amazing job covering the span of cryptopsy's eras and Mm -hmm. and including, you know, the stuff that he wrote for the new albums, but he does a really good job with this song live. And I think Ollie did a a playthrough video for this one too. Um, Such a fucking awesome song.
1: Mm -hmm. Like, damn dude, what a way to start off an awesome album. Yeah. Uh, Anybody have anything else they want to add to emaciate?
0: Like, dude, we just covered like three of the four first four songs off of Whisper Supremacy.
1: <laughs> Spoilers, it's not the end.
0: <laughs> oh shit. Yep, 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 yep. All right then, man, man, fucking eight.
1: <laughs> yep. On that note, Jason, your number three.
0: My number three is ominous off of the self-titled album. Right on. And dude, like it's booking. Like there's this kind of like a I don't know, like a it's not a muted string riff that's like hyper fast like cool thing is the second time they do it so I think it's going into the second verse no guitar it's just the bass doing it so you actually and it's you know awesome tone real clanky and it's like um, it's got kind of the Steve Harris if he was like doing coke like <laughs> it has that kind of just a, that fucking clank sound to it, it it's Perfect, like example of like what I was saying, where they really let every single person shine on parts. It's not just the song; it's fucking all throughout their catalog. They have these parts where she's like, "You know what? We're just gonna let the bass play a fucking thing for a minute." Like, mm-hmm. it's really fucking cool that they do that. And then, pff, probably about with a minute and a half to go, I mean, they have this fucking like, it's it's, it's not super jazzy, but it's like like it's a it's like they're breaking down into a breakdown Mm -hmm. so it's not building up it's almost coming down into it and then it hits this fucking like one thing I noticed about the I guess Quebec sound or at least Canadian like a lot of the Canadian like especially the death metal stuff one thing comes to mind it's kind of a through line for all of them it's not necessarily the spastic stuff because some of them aren't really like that but dude the dissonance
1: yes Mm -hmm. absolutely Mm -hmm. yeah
0: they have chords that will make you they'll make you feel weird
3: yeah yeah that's that's a a good way of putting it they have these moments in their songs that just hit you in a weird spot and you're like i'm feeling stuff i don't know that i wouldn't feel (laughs) it sounds
0: abrasive it's very it's not that easy on your ears man like and they do it here and then it's just fucking like and it hits that fucking breakdown and matt is just like hitting that fucking tunnel vocal like Mm -hmm. oh fuck it is just fucking hard yeah
3: i love it man like it conjures... this was this
0: is a pretty easy pick for for me man yeah. like i
3: also prom- love i sorry
1: go ahead oh no i was just gonna say it makes me think of barbs i don't know what else to say like barbs and prongs like like it just you know what i <laughs> yeah. mean like no i totally get what
3: you mean stabs yeah
1: poking yeah because
0: yeah because we talked about the stabs that like despised icon brings to the table and it's like it's in all of them dude gorguts is the same fucking way man cryptopsy is <laughs> mm-hmm. the same way yeah all uh, uh beneath the massacre like they they all do that thing, and it's so weird because it really is tied to their area.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Uh, what was the, uh, the thing you were going to say, Lindsay?
3: Oh, I was going to say one thing I really like about this song, and I know we haven't really talked about lyrics very much, but I love the lyrics of this song because, you know. Kriptopsy historically, you know, with, with how like baroque and like dramatic Lord Worm era it was with his performances. If you actually read the lyrics to all of the songs, it's so different than like typical death metal lyrics. I mean, it's not all, it's, it's dark, it's dark subject matter, but they're so theatrical. Like, mm. I think like the lyrics of this song are like, um, like I didn't kill my wife, please settle down, sir. Just start from the <laughs> Like, it's so like, it's a, you know, it's, um it's theatrical. It's like a yeah, play yeah. or something. And, um, you know, as a, as a, it's person, a Canadian
0: we... trying to be heavy, <laughs>
3: but <it's... laughs> please I'm... settle down, sir. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, but I, I, I like that one thing that's interesting that to me as a lyricist, as, a, as someone who writes lyrics is that, you know, they, they tackle these, like these scenes in their songs that are very, um, They're like out of a horror movie, but without the blood and the guts, if that makes sense. You know, it's it's dark dark shit. And I love the lyrics of the song because it's so, you know, he's like describing how, you know, he killed his wife and like he's talking to the police, but it's so like, it's like dialogue in a movie or something. Um, It's just interesting (laughs) stuff. They're just such a, such an avant-garde band and how theatrical they are, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of like a romantic Baroque view of like a horrific scene. Um, I find that to be really interesting. An interesting component of the band is also the lyrical content, you know?
1: Yeah, for sure. I feel like it does kind of get lost in the mix of everything else that's going on for sure. Something else I just randomly remembered is Lord Worm's day job as an English teacher. Yeah,
3: absolutely. That was something I was going to bring up too earlier um, when I talk about my two and one picks. Um, What I really, I think with Lord Worm, you know, he is an English teacher. He, He probably has a lot of, um, appreciation for all things theatrical. So I think that comes across in how dramatic his delivery is and how dramatic the lyrics were and how dramatic his stage presence was, you know, feeding worms, wearing like button-down shirts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: Stuff
3: oh, like God. that. It's a it's a <laughs> it's a part of a it's a part of a whole atmosphere of like like a romanticized horrific scene is the best way that I can say it. It's not just about brutality. Um so, you know, it's different. It's different. It's different shit. I like yeah.
1: it. Yeah. Distinguished features. I like it.
3: Yeah. Uh, and it's also the mustache. Let's not forget yeah. the mustache.
1: This this is very true. Um, anything else anybody wants to add to that? No, good. Cool. I was really hoping we were going to get it all in this next session, but we can get it <laughs> in are we, something.
3: Are we back?
1: Oh, no. No, we, we still got a few. I was just saying, but we still okay. got a little ways to go, but we'll be fine. I, uh, who remembers where we left off?
3: I think we're on number three. I think we're did on two. S- two, okay. Because
0: cool. you said white worms. You said in May 'C8. I had ominous.
1: Okay, okay. So I guess yeah, Lindsay, your number two, please.
3: Okay, so my number two is from Once Was Not, and I think it was an underrated album. Um, yeah. And it was the last recorded effort with Lord Worm, although he did appear on some things here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, later on but my number 2 pick is the endless cemetery which is the last song on the album and i don't know if thematically if this is what they were going for on this album but the entire album to me sonically sounds like and feels like like a war like warriors scaling over dead bodies like after a war like it's just mm-hmm. like you know traipsing through a graveyard so um, the endless cemetery to me is kind of like encapsulating that feeling of just ominous death like you know just scaling brutality, um, but it slams so hard. The song is, I love I love Cryptopsy's grooves and the song has so much groove in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and Apex is in the middle of the song to like this dance of jazzy blast beats and melodic guitar. It's very unexpected stuff. Um, I think it's kind of, it, it brings together all those jazzy components um, really tight in this song. Um, and then Lord Worm goes into his little black metal cackle you know just like it's kind of the perfect like poetic end of this uh of his involved his full-time involvement with the band yeah. i think you know it, it's kind of a, a you know bittersweet for me because again he was one of my favorite metal vocalists um and uh one of my favorite eras of the band but um I, I just love how much groove is in this song it's it's just it's so dark it just feels like i said like body stacked on ta- top of bodies after a war um, and there's a lot of unexpected stuff in it. And I think it really just, it seals off, you know, what Cryptopsy was and then what they were stepping into, um, with Matt. And I think it, um, you know, it's bittersweet for me, but I, I, you know, I think this album was, was a really underrated album. And again, I love the Matt era, but it definitely like they took it to a new level when, when Matt and Ollie joined and Christian. Um, but this was kind of like, to me, like the last song in this, in this epoch of theirs
1: yeah end of an era kind of deal yeah end of that, an era. that melodic
0: shit at the end like towards the end will like comes out of that jazzy section hits this little melodic section like a slow melodic section it's like that was most unexpected yeah
2: mm-hmm.
3: yeah it's very unexpected they had a lot of unexpected moments on this album um that i think were kind of like almost the bridge between what they were and what they were going to be right. um You know, like it was like okay, we're moving in this direction, and this is a preview of what's to come. And um, I also think the production on this album was was really good. I think it was probably the best uh, in terms of just clean clean production for them up until the more recent albums. Um, And I think it, you know, it's kind of poetic. It's just perfect. It's the last song on the album. It's the last song I think of that era, and it just brings together everything that they had done and introduced where they were going to go
1: yeah
0: absolutely even the and, even the simple part at the at the start where it's 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 kind of
2: just
0: you know slow yeah. drums even that can't just be a fucking chord that is a fucking another dissonant fucking chord on the low end it's gives it such a well that's the that that's another thing that's another thing that's like really commonplace now mm-hmm. is those really low dissonant chords yeah um, not so much in 2005 so I mean yeah that's pretty fucking crazy but yeah that little jazz part into that melodic part pretty fucking sweet
1: yeah plus Endless Cemetery sweet name yeah yeah work. yeah I don't know if that's very cool name
3: <laughs> going like for that thematically for the through the whole album but like if I were to listen to it from start to finish like the feeling that I get from that album is just like like I said just walking endlessly through bodies or something you know mm-hmm. after a war it's um it's just really dark shit
1: and i love it yep i like it too uh real quick my number two was actually cold hate warm blood which we already covered but <laughs> yeah the frilly shirt thing at the beginning man i love it it's that's that's you know where that kind of got that start right there and i believe jason it is your number two
0: dude it's funny because like, i totally thought we were through number two <laughs> yeah, almost. i was like oh yeah wait wait i still have this other song in my list like that we didn't get to, yeah, my number two is I love the name of it because it reminds me of some cheesy fucking eighties like thrash song or something, uh sire of sin,
2: ah yeah, <laughs> <laughs> From the book
0: of suffering All right. uh it's just like. I don't know the alliteration and stuff and then just the whole sire like it just fucking cracks me up but man For like sure. the fucking little buzz harmony at the fucking start
2: mm-hmm. it's
0: like something kind of like reminds me of a little bit of something like or uh origin would do yeah it's just like like and dude the fucking like i don't know what you call it like the matt fucking hits this ah, it's high scream at the end everything comes down and then it hits this fucking st- Slur riff that almost sounds like it, it's like he's got some fucking chick twerking on the fucking whammy bar while he's playing the riff. <laughs> like, dude, it's just this fucking down, town down, 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 Like everything's got this this bouncy fucking slur to it, and and, and fuck. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I fucking love like slurry riffs like that. Like, oh man, it's so cool. Like, and because we were gonna do this episode, like I'd never heard this before. Like, you know, like I said, I wasn't keeping up with, I wasn't keeping up with the cryptopsies, and I fucking heard these two EPs. I guess, and fuck, dude, they are so fucking good.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: What else? Matt, Matt, all the way around on this song is just like top notch, dude. Yeah, so fucking killer.
1: You know, one thing I completely forgot to mention: did anybody ever hear uh, Matt's original band before he joined with Cryptopsy? Three Mile Scream, I believe they're called.
0: Is it a metalcore band?
1: Yeah, it
0: I'm is. I'm assuming it's a metalcore band.
1: Yeah, it's very different. <laughs> yeah, he was. He I just
0: was- assumed that because like I've heard him say like "kill switching engage" is what got him into like screaming and stuff, and
1: yeah, it's just interesting to see how far he's come into kind of like finding his own voice within this band because it was so different from from that stuff and that stuff was fun for what it was too but like Matt's a tour de void or tour de force in human form
0: tour de void
1: yeah (laughs) you know i i screw it tour de voice how about that Tour de hey, void works too, though. a lot better. Yeah.
3: <laughs> He's dead inside.
0: <laughs> yeah. He's a Tour de Void. Oh man. Uh, no,
3: no, uh, no, I I agree. He's a phenomenal vocalist. He's so versatile. I mean, to be able to to step into the shoes of with uh, to step into the vocalist role with a band with such a history, you know what I mean? With, Mm -hmm. with you, and you know, how we metal fans are, we talk shit endlessly (laughs) about, about anything that's different, whether it's especially a new vocalist. I think, I think when you, you know, switch, maybe bass players or guitarists, like people are a little bit more forgiving, but vocalists metal fans are like unrelentingly brutal about, you know, Oh, so-and-so is better. So-and-so is better. Um, so you know to step into that in, in a band like Cryptopsy with as much history as they've had and you know how many you know fucking snooty metal fans that they have, myself included, and to be able to perform songs from any era of the band as well as as you know your era, the new the new music so fluidly and effortlessly, I think really is a testimony to his his talent and. I think that you know he doesn't get enough credit for what he brings to the band because of these you know old school metal fans that are just yeah. like back in my day you know back in the Whisper Supremacy era you know yeah. it's like um, I don't think he gets I don't think he gets enough credit I think he's a phenomenal vocalist I love what he brings to the table I love this new era of the band. Um, And I think that he's, you know, live also, you know, like I said, my first seeing Cryptopsy live for the first time was maybe just a couple years ago after having been a fan for like 20 years or so. So, you know, it's it's seeing them live with this new lineup was for me, um, really incredible. And I, I love what he brings to the stage live. He he has such a big presence as well. Um, Maybe it's the hair, I don't know. But he just they like got
0: yeah. fucking hair for days. He just for
3: looms. Sure. I love it when he <laughs> looms over the stage, you know, with this big presence and all that hair. To me, that's that's such a metal that's so metal. I love um, that, you know? Um so three yeah, totally
1: scream three mile hair.
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sorry, no, I had to I had to yeah, get that in there, there before I forgot it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man,
0: yeah, it's it's gotta be intimidating. For literally, any, I mean, any vocalist to take over for, especially vocals. Yeah. A lot of times you really are like, I mean, they don't call him a front man for nothing. Like you are kind of the face, you're definitely the voice of the band. And it's like to take over vocals for like a su- like a really well-established band. Yep. Like I don't care if it's fucking Sammy Hagar coming from a great fucking solo career, career with Montrose into something like Van Halen, like. Mm-hmm. Even I mean, he's a seasoned fucking vet at that point. I still bet that was like, holy shit! Like,
3: yeah, because people have just, an expectation of the delivery from of having the, music. Written the songs. Yeah, yeah. people oh, yeah. have. Like, I think vocals really set the tone. They set the, the feel and what they, you know, what you're supposed to feel from that song. Obviously, the music too. But I'm just saying, like, the performance and and what you get from the lead singer, especially in how they perform it live. You know, it's it's a completely different. You know, it's like adding salt to a recipe that may call for like sugar or something. You know, it can completely change the taste. It completely changes the taste of and the feel of the song. And you know, like we were saying earlier, Lord Worm, Mike Desalvo. You know, completely different styles. So it, it it creates a completely different. Um, ambiance and experience, especially live. But like I said, with Matt, he does it all. And that's what I really like about him as a vocalist. Is he can do it all and make it all seem like he was there the whole time. You know what I mean? Like it was him doing the songs the whole time. Um, and I think right. that's 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 phenomenal.
2: Yeah, I think absolutely.
0: It sounds shitty to say, but I think the only fucking saving grace is to walk into a, a situation like that is if the previous singer just straight up died.
3: (laughs) Jesus.
0: I told you it sounded shitty, but, like,
2: (laughs) that's Jason, everybody. (laughs) I
3: I, I was going to say, I'm so glad that I know, like, I know, I've known you for years because I I know that's just you. Like, that's just.
0: (laughs) I mean, that's the only way, like, because that's the only way you're not just going to be completely, like, blasted by somebody. Yeah. You know, and and even then, you might even still then get yeah. i, I was say,
3: metal. Something. Even then, even then. Yeah.
0: People that are like, they picked the wrong guy. Like it's yeah. like, fuck, man. Like the dude died. We're just trying to get another person in here. Like yeah. but,
1: that dude yeah, that I, filled in and decapitated. Fucking had some right, some shit right. At first, for sure.
0: It's got to. It's got to be fucking rough all the way around. And I mean, like, if yeah, if there is a saving grace, like that's it. But even then, it's probably not. A good enough excuse, mm-hmm. you know, for metal fans. Yeah,
2: Yeah.
1: Screw them. Anyway, <laughs> back, now
0: back to non-shitty things.
1: Yep, it is that time. <laughs> it's the moment of truth, Lindsay. Number one. What is your number my, one?
3: Okay, this is a tie, um, and there's a special reason oh, why. Shit. So, my tie for number one first starts out with Pestilence, the Walketh in the Darkness from Once Was Not, ah. and. I chose the song because it is so haunting. It's beautiful. It's different. It's weird. Um, I think it makes you feel something a little bit deeper than just aggression. I mean, obviously there's that really kinetic heavy part in the middle, um, you know, where they turn on the dime, but then they go into Mm -hmm. that haunting riff. And I, I think that riff stands out in my mind as one that you know, I'll never forget. It's like one of my favorite riffs of all time that it's ominous, it's mm-hmm. beautiful, it haunts, and it just feels um it's dark. Like they oh. the thing that I love about Cryptopsy is that they are able to make darkness very beautiful, if that makes sense. It's just very For um sure. you know, they make this darkness really beautiful, and I think that riff really exemplifies it. Um and then of course the spoken word passages that Lord Worm performs. Mm -hmm. um you know it, it again underscores how theatrical he's been throughout uh the cryptopsy history um to take something like a bible psalm and make it so brutal you know that's just that's that's classic lord worm classic cryptopsy theatrics and i love it um and then to go into that barking spitty prattle in the bridges um yeah you know it's it to me it's 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 a beautifully dark and haunting song. that's very different than anything else that you'll find in their in their catalog. It stands out as a single. It stands out as a song that you know if they had maybe created it earlier in their career, probably you know they would be touring on it endlessly with with Lord Worm, right. Um because it's a single. It stands out, and and um that's why it's my number one because there's nothing like it. I can't think of any other song that's even close to that. But the reason why it's it's tied with my other number one which is sire of sin is ah, because yes. i think sire sin is my other n- number one pick is because um like pestilence of walketh in darkness sire of sin takes something very dark and haunting and makes it really ominously beautiful like that opening riff like the like that that riff to me is so haunting um and anything that like makes me that sticks with me like that maybe not it's not something that's super technical that just like i'm mentating and thinking about counting out for hours you know it's something that stays with me even after i'm done listening to the song and sticks in my head that's just a winner to me and sires sin like pestilence walk in the darkness it has that haunting element to it um and It just, it's slams and it's brutal, but it's so beautifully, perfectly recorded, mixed and mastered. And um, Chris mixed, mastered and produced the album, Mm -hmm. Book of Suffering, um, Tome 2. And he did such a phenomenal job on this album with taking all those different pieces, parts and components of Cryptopsy's music. And making everything extremely well balanced crisp and clear so that you can so that new metal fans or new cryptopsy fans can like really appreciate the band in a different in a different way i think you know people who grew up with the band like maybe we appreciated with them because they were so brutal and like just so unhinged and like there was so much you know it's just wild right but i think people who just dis- who discover cryptopsy now will appreciate them for how technical and how thoughtful and careful they are and you can hear that um, in this recording, of course, all the stuff that Chris is, is mixing, mastering, but especially on the single "Sire of Sin," um, you hear this new era of cryptopsy that you know they left off with "Pestilence," with "Walk in the Darkness," and then they picked it up and took it to a whole new level of um, production and progression on "Sire of Sin." And of course, we talked about Matt. I love Matt's vocals on this song. You know, I think that he is kind of the bridge between like brutal tough guy stuff and that kind of like, he sounds kind of insane. Sometimes kind of unhinged, you know, I know that, you know, Lord Worm was kind of like the poster boy for an insane asylum (laughs) vocalist, but like Matt can go there too. And you hear that on this song and you hear that on the, on the EP. um, And I just, I love this song. So when it came out, I was like, damn dude, like, I know I'm like, poster child for like old school cryptopsy fan but this new stuff is so it's so good it's so so good so that's why it's also my number one
1: nice i mean it's it's good to be able to appreciate Hell the yeah. whole spectrum you yeah, know that's, yeah. that's awesome that's uh, awesome that it's you know that a bank could have a catalog that could be a pr- you know aside from the picky people you know be appreciated on on the level of that it should be yeah uh, it's fantastic
0: Dude, the pestilence that walketh in darkness is like Cryptopsy's version of baby making music.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's about a, as far, yeah. a very morbid baby. And I'm yeah. sure statistically speaking, that's possible.
0: Hey, Brutal babies are babies too.
1: Yep, yep, yep. yep.
0: And they need I, to be nurtured.
1: Yeah. I, oh man, I won't say who because I don't want him to get in trouble, but my buddy really, really wanted to get a uh, dying fetus onesie for his kid his newborn baby that
0: nothing um, wrong with that I, know, I just well it doesn't it doesn't say dead fetus no no but
1: his 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 wife might might not share that sense of humor it's dying uh, fetus know, it yeah, can yeah, still yeah. live yeah. oh man um but no yeah specifically in the case of pestilence it's got that it's, it's got a sense of atmosphere that necessarily isn't yeah. shared with the rest of their stuff you know it's There's all sorts of stuff. It's an
3: outlier. You know, I think there's fans that have, I think, you know, there's bands that have singles, you know, but then this song is is an outlier or -hmm. both songs are outliers to me. Pestilence is an outlier in terms of the 20 or so years prior. And then Syerson is an outlier and that like really is the next benchmark, the next... You know kpi and the history of, of cryptopsy and i love it and i just <laughs> i can't wait to see where they go from here i mean you know i don't think that this is a band that's going to stop anytime soon i think they have a lot more tricks up their sleeves and they have the cool thing like i said is that they have music that can appeal to a metal fan of any age any era and especially with this new stuff i think they're really kind of um you know, they're bringing in new fans, younger fans who who aren't really super familiar with the older stuff, who are coming in on Book of Tomes and are are appreciating them for what they are now. And I think that's there's not a lot of bands that can do that. I mean, you know, you've got like Metallica that just gets worse and worse, and like yeah. you know, and you, you
0: somehow know. gets more popular. It's yeah.
3: A, yeah. I mean, no offense, I know there's a lot of Metallica fans out there, but I think there's people you know you can't. There's not a lot of bands where their albums are so each of them are so significant that you can like pick one from one era and go out. Well, this was really good. This is really good. And they keep getting better. And I think Cryptopsy is one of those bands.
1: Yeah. Not, not all is equal with some bands, the, the distribution and no, no mistake. You guys know, I like some of the more questionable albums from some bands. We'll, we'll wait for that carcass episode. Um,
0: <laughs> Don't not, even
1: fucking say it. You man. know, you already know we've had for this discussion. Fuck's sakes. Um, I that's it every time you start, I know. It's a, that's for another day um, <laughs> but yeah back to front dude there's something awesome to be offered in their whole discography you know something I guess I should have mentioned uh, during I guess this part is a good place to bring it up but just I love it, it comes part and parcel with the whole you know stripped down approach of where they are now I, I got on a kick of watching a, uh, one of those what do they call that rig rundowns or whatever like the gear mm-hmm. videos and so it's Ollie and Christian um, because I, I think it was a string instruments thing specifically but Ollie's just like okay yeah so uh, here's my bass here's my other one here's my pedal board and that's it <laughs> I was just like whoa <laughs> they are traveling very expediently he said it, it was like he had a tuner on his on his board and like a sans maybe maybe one other thing and that was it and he just ran it direct Christian's all yeah so here's my Kemper here's my guitar that's it and I was just like wow why not dude <laughs> keep yeah. it simple and I mean, that, that kind of reflects in their approach to what they're doing now. Yeah, the production.
3: Yeah, I think the production really is the key to what they're doing now. Not the key, but I think it's um, one of the most important aspects of what's making Cryptopsy's music now so significant is because it's it's pristine. Like, you know, it's pristine, if you... <laughs> There's yeah. not a, there's, and to have it mixed, mastered, and produced by the same person who's also in the band, you know, it's, it's usually, you know, it's usually you want that objective pullback view of the, so- of the sound outside of the musicians themselves. But Christian, it just, he hit it out of the park, man. Like, I can't mm-hmm. think of any other albums that came out in the last couple of years that sound that good
1: true um
3: everything is is pristine and you can hear everything that's going on but it feels a lot bigger like the sound is huge to me at the same time while being really really tight with just four guys with just four guys you know well five guys yeah four guys but you know
1: yeah the the standard the new standard has been set shall we say yeah yeah i'm stoked on it uh anything else on either of those for either of you
0: no no i'm good
1: cool in that case, my number one, mentioned it before, you'd never forget your first, the voice of unreason off of and then you'll beg. So, yeah, man, What was, 16, 17-year-old me, I'm, I've am gone really far in on extreme music and I still have so much more to learn, which is still true of today. There's always more to learn. Uh, but, like, hearing this song for the first time, this sets the, the bar, man. Started off with the really jilty little, you know, pin needle stabby kind of moments there. And just blasted.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Expedient, dude. I just, a
0: fucking panic attack.
1: Yeah. Tied as hell, dude. And then Mike coming in and just doing his thing. And fucking, it's awesome. This is where my journey begins. This is, you know, where the standard is set. This is, it's so, so I am a little jilted going back and being like, oh, this is, what they were before okay trying to understand in that context as somebody that came in later and like this is why mike's my guy this is why this era is my shit like it's awesome and the How little old were you when this came out when you heard this i would the the album's like older than that i was i was like 16 or 17 when i heard this um, i think it,
3: it came out in 2000 2001 maybe
1: Oh, so maybe it would have been around that time. But yeah. I'm pretty sure it was 2002 that I heard it. But, like, yeah, so not too far off. I, I kept thinking it's that two-year, you know, 96, 98. And then I look, oh, the 2001. Okay. Sometimes that happens. But, yeah, so around that time. Uh, and, you know, I'm already into Cannibal. I'm already in Napalm. And this is something a little beyond that realm, a little something different. So I'm just like, oh, Okay start understanding what tech is, you know, I hear the word technical a lot and I'm just like, yes, what are we talking about? You know, so you got to learn these things somehow, you know, at the favorite at, at this time, full disclosure, my favorite band is, or my favorite death metal bands, mortician. So like, this is quite the contrast from that. Yeah. Um, and again, mostly that has to do with the, the horror movie intro stuff. So hearing something a little more complex, a little more structured, a little more jazzy. I, again, I love those little jazz surprises. Um, yeah, is a new way to expand the palette and fuck. It
3: had a sample from the Matrix on this I re- album. Yeah, I
1: recall that as well. Yeah, I because I always get that confused with I think it was Origin had a uh, sample from uh, Dogma, the thing where Alan Rickman is all, if you're not, you know, a primordial god or whatever, close your ears right now or whatever. Um, back when movie samples were more of a common thing. Yeah. Before they got, you know, people got sue happy, but fucking yeah, man, this 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 was my shit, still is. This is this is still the song I go reach for the most in an already awesome catalog of stuff to go through.
3: Pretty nice. Yeah. Very
1: nice. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, Anything anybody has to add to that at all?
3: Nope. Good pick. Thank you kindly
1: so then it all comes down to if i heard
0: something like that when i was fucking 16 years old
1: yeah but i i you know like wait till the you started in a different place yeah yeah (laughs) i saw ace ventura when i was eight and that blew the doors (laughs) wide open that that that's the game changer for people around that time now now you got people you got people who raise their kids on this shit now you know what i mean like extreme is going to be very different for them
3: well i also think too i mean if you think about it like when we were growing up like the internet was barely around like you know like i had i had dial up you know i couldn't just download a bunch of stuff and then discover endless amounts of of metal it was like you had to really hunt for stuff so you know it's it's different now i think people kids are just exposed to a lot more in a lot more metal a lot different kinds of music so they can dig deeper too um you know like like i said i found out about cryptopsy because i was in a record store and i found a a century media sampler hey and that's how i would learn about music it was just like here's a mixtape here's a mix cd listen to a bunch of bands see what you like it wasn't like i could just i didn't you know where do you go you don't know what to do so
1: right
0: and they can do it a lot quicker too you can you could literally like a kid nowadays could start off like oh my dad listens to led zeppelin and get on spotify and go from fucking led zeppelin to cryptopsy in fucking probably like six hours yeah yeah, yeah. like pretty oh, sure. fucking easily or jump straight there whatever
1: yeah you're talking about dial up and part of me was ready to say shout out to aol but in hindsight <laughs> nobody yeah, wants shout out to shout out to angel AOL. fire yes
0: angel fire and geo cities dude Hell oh yeah. my
3: god oh that hurts that hurts so bad <laughs>
1: Yeah, exactly.
3: We're old. Yeah, It's fun.
1: Uh, if that's the word we want to use for it. Jason, it all comes down to you. What is your number one?
0: What you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed.
1: Nice.
0: Go. Oh my god, dude. I don't know how to say it. Detritus? Detritus? The one that's, they kept.
1: That's the one thing about um, that kind of I mean, shit that's fun is you could dip, say it however you like. Yeah, could
0: Dude, you that different. first... The, the open it's like it opens with a blast and a scream and the scream goes forever dude mm-hmm. and then everything stops and he just keeps fucking screaming it's so fucking cool mm-hmm. and then it has this fucking like this little like down 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 like in the middle and, and flows doing some fucking t- 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 like some weird not deathy shit in it but fucking matt's got like these fucking like backups upon backups upon backups of just background screams that are going on it's really fucking weird open it's it sounds rubbery just and there's fucking like all throughout the fucking in the background and shit like it's so fucking sick i I almost want to say this is something i would put on like a possible i mean this would be definitely like in the running for heavy hall of fame for me like this shit is heavy as Dude. and it's not a slow heavy
1: right yeah that yeah.
0: that little ba- that little rubbery part in the middle is about as slow as it fucking gets and it's just and then it's just fucking like straight blasts like crazy dude but like again that production like the blasts sound so per- like so on it. And it but it doesn't sound like a drum machine mm-hmm. which honestly that just comes down to what sounds you're picking not necessarily what program you're running through, um, but yeah, I mean, this was I think. So when we were going to do this episode the first time, because I I just seen them live and I was list- I'd been listening to Box and Hops like, I kind of started with, yes, no, I started with the one uh, the newest one, so it would be Tome Two, Book of Suffering, Tome Two from 2018. This one's from 2015. I started in 2018, and I mean, I listened. Obviously, Sire of Sin fucking caught my ear, but man, when I heard this, I was like, "Oh fuck yeah, dude!" Like this is it right here. Like I fucking love this fucking song. I've been listening to it pretty regularly since we first decided we were going to do this episode. Nice. It's pretty much in the regular rotation now. Like it's just a outstanding not even solid it's outstanding fucking death metal dude like fuck it's just a great fucking jam
3: yeah fucking hey man you
1: agree? nicely phrased detritus <laughs> detritus, detritus. <laughs> Either one sounds works.
0: weird i don't like it that way i'm yeah. saying it detritus from here on out i have i've spoken <laughs> yeah.
1: on that note why don't you tell the fine oh, folks yeah. what everybody's uh, top favorite songs on spotify so, are
0: yeah this is pretty cool so Lick mistress, like mistress is number ten. There we go. Defenstration, is that the thing where you get thrown out the window?
1: Maybe. I just like calling it. That might be.
0: That might be defenestration. to defend that. But yeah, defenstration um, from blasphemy made flesh, and then orgiastic disembowelment, dead and dripping, both from none so vile okay one mm. two three four five songs are from none so vile
1: yeah there you go
0: actually yeah, defenstration is number 10 like mistress number nine or jessic is number eight dead and dripping is number seven phobophile <laughs> is number six but that one's from that like kind of like the greatest hits thing
1: right yeah.
0: the best we bleed or whatever um so i'm not even sure what album that's on Then it's Benedictine Convulsions. Actually swap those two because the numbers are weird. Yeah, they do that. Um, And then Crown of Horns is four. Slit Your Guts is number three. Two Pound Torch is number two. And number one. So the difference between number one and number 10 is 747,500 plus to 192,800. So it's not like... A huge jump where we've seen stuff go from like a hundred to two thousand and then all of a sudden the number one's like in the fucking several millions Uh, but graves of our fathers graves of the fathers Mm, is 747,546 which really kind of surprised me when I first looked them up I was like huh like that's I mean I wouldn't have I mean I wouldn't have figured that one. I figured Slit Your Guts would have been number one.
1: Yeah, same. Huh. Well, this is how we learn. Uh, That's why these statistics things I always like to bring up because they're interesting to see what the concrete data actually is. Yeah, they got like two in the 700s, two in the
0: 600s, and then one that's almost at 500, and then Hmm. 3211. I was wondering if
3: that was, like, featured in something. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes, like... Uh, a song will be referenced or featured in, oh, like, yeah. you know, video game or like somebody's Twitch account or something, and then everybody starts it's looking. It's in a it up. fucking
0: movie. Yeah. Yeah,
3: or a movie, right? Or
0: um, the other thing we've noticed doing these is like the, like the, maybe not so much the Spotify playlists, but like Dave Grohl has like a playlist that has yeah. like a fucking shitload of followers yeah. on it, and he does like a monthly. Uh, you know, like a monthly playlist or used to, I don't know if he still does it anymore. Trevor does the obituaries playlist. Yep. Now I don't know if he's kept up on it, but
1: it's a little things more like that. Will,
0: things like that will fucking blow up like one or two songs also.
1: Yeah. He, his lists are always good for finding new stuff. He's, he's on it still to this day. And that's awesome. Uh, well, that's been it, man. Thanks for joining us. Thanks yeah, for joining yeah. us. Lindsay Friggin'. Yes, thanks, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'll need to do this again for sure sometime soon. I'll send you the list as soon as I can get it ready. Um, uh, and I also remember, Jason, I need to send one to Jeff too. Um, oh yeah, for all sure. All these other things to figure out. But that's been our cryptopsy episode. Let us know what your favorite stuff is. Let us know what your favorite era is. Uh, is there an album that you think we underrepresented? Um, hit us up, man. We love talking to you. You can find me everywhere at Yes, it is I, David. You can find Jason mostly on the medalist uh, socials, but he also has personals. It's medalist pod on Twitter, Metalist podcast everywhere else. Please like rate review, subscribe all the other meanderings. Tell your friends uh, again, hit us up. We like talking to you guys, Lindsay, where can everybody find you and your endeavors?
3: Uh, You can find me on Instagram and Facebook, Lindsay O V O X. And uh, that's pretty much it. I keep my socials in, in small order. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> fair, 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 fair. <laughs>
0: Oh, yeah. I, uh, fucking RIPD to Riley e. Gale.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yep, yep,
0: yep. Of Power Trip. Also R.I.P. to fucking the wonderful Chadwick Boseman.
1: Yep. Rough, rough last week, man. I tell you. We had this oh, yeah. fucking year hurry up and get year. over with already. <laughs> no Eesh. shit.
3: I know it's just dragging on and getting worse. So let's, uh, let's end it now. Wrap, and it up. <laughs> wrap it up 2020.
0: We're fucking <laughs> All right. tired of you. Yep, <laughs> yep. Oh, drink the Kool-Aid. Let's go. Yep. Oh wait, not that out, kind of wrap right? it up. Yeah, you yeah, met yeah. a different kind okay. So you oh, were yeah. going for a lighter side. I was,
3: yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. Welcome to Jason. Um, <laughs> something else I, I just remembered. Am I mistaken? Or you also did some of the voice work in, Do- uh, doom eternal.
3: I did, yes. I was one of the zombie voices in uh, Doom Eternal soundtrack. Um nice. myself and Tony Campos and um Sven from Aborted and a number of other really talented
2: metal like,
3: vocalists. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we well, we had to uh, do a lot of zombie streams. <laughs> we had to learn, like, a whole new language, like, in one day, and we, you know, oh my channeled zombie some language. stuff. Yeah, it was pretty Sweet. pretty intense, um, but Dude, it was a lot of fun. Knees. Yeah, oh, it was yeah. good stuff. Yeah,
2: You're
0: good
1: fluent. Stuff. <laughs> yeah, I am. Yes, that's am. awesome. The undead, is, you know. That's the awesome. The dead undead. <laughs> yeah, I haven't been able to play it yet, but I've seen, like, ten different people stream it, and it's it's awesome. So everybody go check that out. It's It's really funny. Uh, Jay from Tesseract of all people Breezed through the whole thing And he's just like that's it And I'm like dude I've seen people take like six times longer To get through that and he's like oh okay
3: i haven't played you know i haven't played it yet but i heard it was probably the best doom game ever is what i literally have read that i think um it was like gq or some magazine did a big big review on it and they said it was the best doom game just everything from story to production the graphics the soundtrack everything just came together really well um oh, yeah. shout out to mick gordon Nick, yes you're awesome
1: huge shout out to mick gordon mick gordon is the man yeah. yeah,
3: really it was an honor to meet him and work with him. Super cool guy, very visionary. I mean, he had us in and out of there in like less than eight hours, and we did the whole soundtrack, and it was awesome. Sweet, yeah, well,
1: friggin' it! Hey. Everybody go check that out. Everybody go check out Lindsay's tons of bands. They're all <laughs> awesome. Um, I tell you what, uh, hey, specifically in the case of, oh, col-
0: she also does a collaboration with the band that does our theme song.
1: This is true. Everybody go check out Godhammer's last recordings. Ah, my boys. Yep, yep uh they put out an awesome and i like the way they're doing it hey they did it before acacia String did it i just realized that where they you know did it in little two or three song chunks or whatever that's true if i'm not mistaken Lindsay's on the second one
0: i or no blood. first are you on blood
3: I, yep yeah and ravenous, uh
0: right ravenous ravenous yes yeah. yeah not a cover of the arch enemy song
3: Yep, yep, yep. Although that would still be cool, because that
0: know. would be awesome.
1: Yes, yes, indeed. Yeah. The third one's pretty good too. Just putting it out there. Anyways, <laughs> dude. Thank- yep, yep. Totally fucking
0: shameless. I'm a fucking. The reason he just said that is because he is a guest vocalist on. <laughs> what song is it? Which uh, song is it? So, it's shit. Steadfast.
1: Steadfast. Thank you. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. I'm not great with song titles these days, unfortunately. <laughs>
0: There's a, a lot. Cheesy motherfucker. Yep, yep. Dude. That was Glad awesome. I love it. Yep.
1: But uh, yeah, everybody go check out all that good stuff. <laughs> Thank you again for joining us. Everybody, please take care of each other. Be kind. It's a crazy fucking, a fucking time in the world. fucking mask
0: so we can all quit wearing masks. Yes,
1: please. for God's sake. <laughs> I don't
0: care if you think it's fucking real or not. It don't matter. Just fucking wear one so we can all quit wearing them.
1: Yep. In addition to wearing a mask, also eat your veggies.
3: Yeah. Fuck you, I just want to go to shows again. I just yep. want to go to shows again. So, you know. Let's come together on this. I think we're all bored. Yeah,
1: what the fuck? Yes.
3: (laughs) I think we're all bored at home, so let's wrap this shit up. All right.
1: Yep, yep, yep. Especially you, 2020. Until then, we'll see you soon.
2: Later.